Welcome to Heroes of Noise. My name is Dan Ramirez and I am running solo today. Sort of. Bad pun. Actually, I'm not running solo at all today. I got my boy Johnny Bucks with me. Johnny, what is happening? Hey, everybody. I'll be your Chewy today, man. <laughs> can, you do, can you do a good, like, Wookiee howl? No, only if I yawn. So if I get tired, I might, I might let one out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it a go. <laughs> no, not today. I don't have enough phlegm in my throat. <laughs> So this is like an impromptu show, actually. I was just sitting around, getting ready to turn on the microphone and see what I could come up with to talk about solo. Watched it twice this week. And who do I get a message from but John? So I said, what the hell? John's a Star Wars fan. Let's go ahead and get busy with this. So here we are. Let's just start off right away, man. What did you think of Solo? Um, I really enjoyed it. I went in with zero expectations, one way or the other, really. Yeah. Um and found myself really, really enjoying the ride. My sort of main concerns going in were the casting and the, you know, the stories of the troubled production leading up to it. That often doesn't bode well. But um, I actually really got caught up in it and felt it was a really good addition to the, the Star Wars universe. For me, I'm pretty much on the same planet as you, man. The same area. Uh, my thought process is pretty much the same. We always tend to agree on these things. I liked mm -hmm. Solo. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun movie. That said, I don't think that it's without fault. There are a few things I can definitely go into that. And there's not many, believe me. It's, it's more like nitpicky stuff, you know? But yeah. there's a few things that I felt were a little bit on the weak side. But all in all, I was actually very happy with it. I'll, I'll go ahead and turn it over to you real quick. One to five, what do you rate this movie? One to five, I've only seen it once, bear this in mind. I do need to see it again, which I'm doing tomorrow night. Um, I'd give it a, a four. Nice, nice, okay. I think I'm somewhere within the 3.5 range. Three mm -hmm. to 3.5, and I think I have reasons for it, which I'll get to. But again, I do want to start this off by saying that this was a really fun movie. Let's just get talking about it, man. So let me get you some information here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sure you have heard about this movie. There's this, that's off this little franchise that they call Star Star Fights or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it's called. Star Fights sounds good. We have Solo, <laughs> a Star Wars movie. I'm just kidding, you fuckers. Come on, lighten up. All right, so we got um, we've got Solo, a Star Wars story, starring Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo, Woody Harrelson as Tobias Beckett. We've got Amelia Clark. As Kira, Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian, and then we have—is uh, it? Do you know the new guy that's playing Chewie? It's like Junus Junus Swatamo, I think is what it is. I think I'm yeah. not butchering that name too yeah. bad. He plays a so. great Chewbacca, and by the way, little <laughs> yeah. little spoiler—he was awesome in this movie. Tandy yeah. Newton as Val, and then we have Phoebe Waller-Bridge as L three three seven. Paul Bettany as Dryden Voss. Special appearance by John Favreau, who plays Rio Durant. And, uh, you know, the list goes on and on, actually. Uh, we've got Linda Hunt, who plays Lady Proxima. You guys may remember Linda Hunt. She actually has a very, very, um, like, she looks like the chick on The Incredibles. Have you noticed that? Do you know who I'm talking about? Do you know who she is? Yeah, yeah. She totally looks like that chick on The Incredibles, man. But you have <laughs> yeah. heard her voice work in Pocahontas and uh, Kindergarten Cop, you know, and everyone knows that movie, right? And I believe she also won an Academy Award or was nominated for an Academy Award for The Year of Living Dangerously in 1982. I went into this movie, John, just like you, thinking that it was just going to be... Like, I had no expectations for it. I tried very hard to stay away from all of the trailers, though I cheated and I did see some of them. And I kind of just made sure that I only... I watched, like, the original one and just kind of rewatched that one. I didn't want too much... 
I don't know, stimulation or, or foreshadowing or anything like that. I just wanted to go in fresh. And that's exactly what I did. And yeah. I was really, really worried that Alden Ehrenreich was not going to be able to handle it. You know, yeah, what yeah, we, me too. What, yeah, what we saw on the, you know, the trailer, the trailer I did see, didn't really strike me as very strong, not very yeah. solo at all. Mm. And so I kind of just had to like put it down and just realize like, this is not Harrison Ford. You know, yeah. Harrison Ford, we got to stop being so loyal to this guy because, you know, he's a great actor. We love him as Han Solo. But when it comes down to it, he's a bit of a curmudgeon. He doesn't even really want to deal with Star Wars anymore. So yeah. I had to, I took that into consideration. It's like, you know, well, someone's going to, some will debate on whether it's necessary that we pass the baton. Yeah. I think a lot of people will actually debate on that. But, yeah. you know, I think that, um, I think for what it is and for what the work that he did, I think he did a really solid job. I found myself pretty much forgetting that Harrison Ford existed for this particular movie. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's not to say that he doesn't have this awesome reputation. He's not one of the strongest characters ever, to me anyway. Yeah, absolutely. In all of cinema, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Certainly science but, fiction. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, better better put, actually. But um, no, I, I, I'm totally down. I could actually see more Alden Ehrenreich. You know? I, I think that's going to yeah. happen. I hope it's going to happen because what's happening now is, you know, depending on how you judge a successful movie, this movie, according to Forbes magazine just this morning, was actually labeled a flop this weekend. Really? Well, it's like 148 million domestically, which is not really up to snuff for Star Wars. I don't have right. the numbers in front of me as far as you know what, like say um, Rogue One did, but mm. I think, I think we're in the neighborhood of like 50 million less. So that's a pretty significant number considering yeah. that it opened up on. Well, we have Memorial Day weekend going on over here, but yeah. um, who knows what's going to happen there? But as far as the story goes, I found it to be completely fun and. Mm. You know, I liked the casting. I think the acting was really strong. I think that the the writing got a little bit weak at certain points, though. You know. Okay. Well, I totally agree with you on uh, Alden Ehrenreich. I thought he was fantastic, and right. he was one of my big concerns going in. You know, like you, was he going to be able to make a convincing uh, Han? As I've got to get used to saying it now. Have you always having, said Han? Having spent Han for most of my life saying Han Solo, now it's apparently. He's corrected us all. Yeah, it's formal now, so. right? Although, like, in the original films, they, they call him both, right? Like, I'm they sure do. Lando calls him Han all the time. I believe he does, yeah. So, anyway. I um, think it was kind of like a nice nod, though. You know, that yeah, they're, they're was, acknowledging good, that people yeah. don't know what the hell to call him. Yeah, yeah. I think George Lucas calls him Han as well. So, it's, it's, it varies, doesn't it? It's the same with uh, Leia. They call her Leia, Leah, all kinds of different things in the films. But, um, yeah, I thought he was fantastic. I, I thought he really captured the, um, it wasn't so much an impression of Harrison Ford, which is, I was kind of worried that it would be kind of that kind of thing. But he did sort of embody the character really well, I thought. And his body language, I thought, was excellent. He clearly really studied the way Harrison Ford moved. And he quite often put his hands on his belt and sort of lean on a door frame or something. It was There was a few moments... Uh, there was another one where they were spoiler, not much of a spoiler, but there's one scene where they're they're trying to get away, and he's at the bottom of the ramp of the Falcon, and he's blasting with his pistol, and it was just like that moment, that in, perfect pose, right? Hope. It was just ah, oh, yeah, he's nailed it. So yeah, that was all fantastic, and like you say, the rest of the cast were all brilliant too. It was great to see um, Paul Bettany in there as as the as the bad guy, the big bad. 
um, getting to sort of show a bit more range than he gets to show as the vision in the Avengers films, although he's perfect in that too. But um, yeah, he's a great actor and it was, it was great to see him. I love the way, uh, a little bit of a spoiler again, but the way his face changed slightly, I'll say that much, when he got angry. There was a very subtle change in, in the way he looked, which I thought was really clever. Um, and yeah, the new Chewy guy's totally being Chewy. <laughs> I think he's being Chewy plus, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like you younger know. and sort of he's got more energy. The guy, isn't he? The actor and, sure. and the characters now. We're seeing the character as a younger guy, the younger Wookiee. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and he's, yeah, he's a bit more active as well. So, yeah, I, I, I loved all that. Um, there were, I suppose there were a couple of bits I wasn't too sure about, but I'd have to get pretty spoilery to get into those. But there's a reveal of one of the bad guys at a point later in the film. Oh, man. Which I kind of wasn't totally on board with. Really? Um, I, think, I, I believe I know what but, you're talking about. Was yeah, it the, the final but, big bad reveal? Kind of, yeah, yeah. Ah. Sort of, yeah. No, no, not that one. <laughs> no, that was that's something else entirely. No, a little bit before that, it's like a this sort of kind of raider character. We find out a bit more about that particular gotcha. person. Okay. And I kind of wasn't really buying that, but but I think generally, yeah, like you say, it was a really fun ride. It was nice to see the other side of, of the Star Wars universe. You know, the the whole Empire versus Rebels thing was very much in the background. It was it was interesting to see the sort of the criminal underworld side of of the universe, and um, it answered a lot of questions about you know Han's origin and and how he met and how he became the guy that we meet in the New Hope. You know what kind of formed him into that personality. I gotta tell you, man, I actually loved all that underworld stuff. I wanted yeah. to see more of that. I yeah. I'm down to see way more of that. You know. Yeah, it was great. I think a lot of people are starting to get worried about this and it's understandable. I mean, we hold star Wars, you know, dear to our hearts and any stray from that is going to upset a lot of people. Yeah. But I'm kind of at this point in my life though, where I just, I welcome it. It's like a nice, it's like comfort food to me. I'm hoping yeah. that they don't get to the point where, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be like, well, they're saying they're doing like one a year. Yeah. To me, that seems a little bit rough because it's like, can you really produce quality material within a year? Granted, they're, you know, they're taking a couple of years ahead of time to like film these things. But just to, in other words, to put them out so mass produced. Yeah. I think that it's going to be detrimental at some point. I think that it will definitely, you know, water down the Star Wars franchise. But as of now, I'm still pretty much into it, you know, maybe because it's, yeah. we're still fresh into it and we've only got just a couple of saga, you know, sequels. And then, of course, we've got Rogue One, including yeah. Solo. So, I mean, I'm welcoming this. I'm just hoping that that Disney is careful about these things because, mm. guys, I think we are going to need to get into spoilers because there's going to be some things that we're going to need to talk about. I think a 20 minute show just turned into an hour, like straight up right now. So <laughs> minimum. So um, I don't know how much time you have, John, but we'll just kind of talk and yeah whatever time we need let's just keep it loose baby speaking yeah. of han solo said baby twice in this episode in this <laughs> in solo and that was a little odd to me i, I, I don't know that. why oh really yeah he says it, yeah he i think it was like he was playing off lando but it was weird to hear han right, right. say baby so okay. tell you what ladies and gentlemen why don't we just break this one down semi semi break it down we'll start from the beginning and uh let's just see where it takes us fair enough john yeah all right 
were you surprised that there was no crawl on this one here? I thought for sure we were going to get a crawl. No, I was. I, I'd have been more surprised if there was one. Yeah. Yeah. After after Rogue One, um, which didn't didn't have one either, I thought, well, this is one of these. It's another A story, you know, kind of a, a separate from the main, the main um, films, the main storyline. So I think, yeah, I think I'd have been more surprised if there was one. I kind of thought we were going to get one, just for a moment, and then I really like the the kind of the intro it reminded me of like an old kind of 60s movie like a, a sort of you know like a well like a crime chase action kind of movie the the way it just sort of slammed up it had almost the sort of um almost like a grindhouse quality to it do you know what i mean and then we're sure. into that sort of tearing through the the sort of the the shipyards um yeah i liked it i liked it bang here we go straight in <laughs> yeah, they didn't waste any time. It <laughs> yeah. opens up, actually, as opposed to having the crawl, we do get like a little bit of a narrative, which is more or less the same that the galaxy is in this state of peril where crime lords yeah. or crime syndicates are actually sort of running things right now outside yeah, of the yeah. Empire. And yeah. everything is being based off of trade, particularly the trade of hyperfuel. That seems to be like the number one, oh God, what did they call it? Um, coaxium, I believe is what it was. Right. Yeah, refined, yeah. refined coaxium. That's what it's called. I'll probably forget that by the time we're done. But yeah, you know, that's that's like the uh, the common trading, the most coveted trading product that they have right now. And it's all done with amongst the, you know, the gangs, all of the gangland that are going on there. I liked that. I, I thought that was kind of cool. It gives you, like we were saying before, it gives you that down and dirty side of Star Wars that we truly don't ever yeah. see. We've yeah. heard about it, you know, talking about the 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 scum and villainy of Mos Eisley. Yeah, and you know yeah. you get a we got a little bit of that in Rogue One as well, just very little of it. But yeah, I was I was I got to be honest with you, I was kind of hoping for for more of that. I was I would have really been happy to see. I know we're jumping ahead, but I would have I would have been very happy to see Han getting down and dirty a lot more. You know, but okay. this one tends to take a bit of a more of a heroic. Um, it's a heroic origin story. We're setting up Han, like you said, to be you know who he is twenty four years down the road or something like that. Yeah. Uh, we start off with on the planet of Corellia, Han's 19 years old, and we're going to span three years by the time this is done. We open up, we've got Han, who is uh, essentially on the run from some other crime syndicate, and I believe the name of the crime syndicate head is Lady Proxima. Yeah. We're going to get to that in just a second. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that Lady Proxima shit, dude. I'm going to be honest with you. But, really? <laughs> well, no. I'll, I'll, I have a reason why. I'll tell you why. Okay. I like the idea of Lady Proxima. I like the name. Um, right. You know, but we show, uh, we show Han on, on the mean streets, you know, as they put it. I believe they put the mean streets on there. And right. uh, we see these little kids that are trading. You know, they're, they're basically conditioned to steal, to survive on the streets. And they're giving everything over to Lady Proxima. Yeah. And this is where we meet Kira who's played by Amelia Clark. Before we go any further, man, what are your thoughts on, on Amelia Clark's performance? I thought she was great. Yeah, really I agree good. 100%, yeah, man. Fantastic. I'm actually very much into the character of Kira, and I look forward yeah. to, you know. Uh, I guess, yeah, guys, if I didn't say before, it's spoiler time. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I look time. forward, yeah, I look forward to her, her performance in future movies because Absolutely. Yeah. Um, definitely caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting what happens at the end, which we'll get yeah. to. I think, yeah. I guess maybe, okay, maybe we're now at two hours, guys. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> but yeah, you know, so we, we established right away that they are not just like people. I guess they grew up together. We don't really have that much of a backstory of where they started out and how they got there. 
but they established right off the bat that they're lovers. Yeah. I bought it, you know, um, I think it was a good way to set it up for what was coming, how, you know, they basically Kira and Han have sort of aligned and whether or not they're in love or not is still sort of a mystery, but they've aligned for the purpose of survival and also because they want to get off Karelia. It seems like yeah. that was like their main mission, you know? So, um, getting into the lady Proxima stuff. What? Are, okay, before I go into it, because I do have opinions. What were your thoughts on Lady Proxima? I really liked it, man. You did. I liked okay. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I like. I like it when um, science fiction shows and movies deal with really freaky, weird-looking alien aliens. <laughs> yeah. You know, I got kind of bored with uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation because it was just a variation. You know, any different alien had slightly different bumps on their forehead. Right. That was it. Uh, you know, I love stuff where it, it just goes crazy. And um, I, you know, you hear the name Lady Proxima, you kind of envisage a certain looking character maybe. And then this thing rises up out of the water. I was like, what the fuck is this? This worm-like uh, creature. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh, brilliant. Excellent. It's kind of uh, almost like the opposite of Jabba. <laughs> where he's right. kind of very, he's very horizontal, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this thing's like totally vertical. <laughs> good way of putting it actually, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I thought it was good. What were your what was what were your thoughts then? So here's the thing. It's not the character of Lady Proxima that got to me. Right. I have right. had a thing with Star Wars since the prequels where you've got a multitude of aliens in one spot. Uh whatever you want to call them, but we'll call them aliens for the purposes of this. Okay. And you know, you've you've got a bunch of them that are you know, they're talking robotically. Some of them have the, you know, they're like talking crazy like that. Yeah. And then you got Lady Proxima who's like, Han, you know, and, and right. where's the English accent? Not English accent, but like, it's almost like an American old lady, American accent pops up. Yeah. And that always <laughs> kind of takes me out of it. It always has uh, okay. um, going back as far as episode one, which again, I don't give a lot of credit to, but do you right. remember the pod racer scene with the newscasters that were like, doing that thing back and forth, the yeah, two-headed yeah, newscasters. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them was like Greg, talking like Greg, this, you know? Yeah, Greg Proops, wasn't it? That's right, it was Greg Proops. Yeah, good yeah, thank, good yeah. memory, sir. But it's just that. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know what why it's like that. And I know, and like I said, it's, it's very nitpicky. My complaints right, are very right. nitpicky. But it's yeah. just that was something that kind of pulled me out of it because it's like everyone else around you that you're leading have like a very alien accent or an alien dialogue, you know, a different language that they're speaking. And Lady Proxima is just speaking basic and, but very, she just sounded like an old, like she just sounded like an old lady from like Long Island or something like that to me. You know <laughs> okay. what I mean? But, um, <laughs> a bit goofy for you. Yeah. A little bit goofy, but, but I yeah. liked her character and I liked that whole scene. I, I thought it was actually very yeah. funny Oh yeah, that they, they did add a little bit of comedy to it. And uh, yeah. particularly when Han reaches for the rock, and says, yeah. this is a, she's like, what's that? It's a, it's a detonator. And he goes, <laughs> she's like, you made a sound. You made a clicking sound with your mouth. And I laughed out loud. Yeah, I did think that was, that was good. really fun. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, I also thought that it was a good like way to sort of get the character going for Han. That he, yeah. you know, because when you first hear him talk, when I first heard him talk, I should say, uh -huh. I was already on that, uh-oh. You know what I mean? I'm not hearing Harrison okay. Ford and he sounds a lot okay. younger and everything. But I, right, again, right. I quickly lost that. And yeah. completely bought into into his performance. You know, I'm glad that he made Han his own. Yeah. But totally. I thought that whole scene was like really cool when he threw the rock, breaks the glass, and you know, she's obviously like an under uh, subterranean dweller. You know what I mean? Mm. Or she's just used to being in the dark all the time, and yeah, apparently yeah. light is not good for her. So she dives under. 
and that was cool, you know, and that and there begins the escape. All of that was really good. Again, it that was, was literally great. my only problem with that was just this, this, and it's so minor that I'm willing to move on with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But since we're talking about it, that did get to me a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we move along. Uh, the escape begins. We now have a equivalent of a car chase scene in the streets mm. of Karelia. Um, before we get into that, what were your thoughts on the actual planet of Karelia? Is that what you pictured in your head all these years? Or did you have any yeah, anything to I, kind of base I, it on? Yeah, I, well, the... Um... Uh, I used to play uh, the pod racing video game. Oh, okay. And that had a level there. Oh, up for Karelia. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. So how similar was it? Yeah, it was all kind of, it was like a shipyard. It sort of, as I remember it, it was all very sort of browns and rust and uh, sort of gantries and cranes and stuff like that, as I remember it. So yeah, I thought it was really cool because it's, you know, that's it's known as a, as a sort of shipbuilding place, isn't it? That's where they uh, built the the Falcon. It looks so, like that's where they built all the Star Destroyers, too, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I thought was an awesome shot, right? At the beginning, yeah, when yeah. you look, when it pans up and you see the, the that's Star right. Destroyer. Yeah, yeah. They showed yeah, that yeah. on the commercial, on the trailer, but um, right, yeah. it's still amazing to see that. You know what I mean? That you're yeah, in this yeah. time where these things, you're in this time and this place where things are being constructed like that. Yeah, of such yeah. great importance that carry all the way out through all of the Yeah, yeah. And that, that's, that's what I really liked about uh, one of the big things I really liked about this film was, although it wasn't up front, the seeds of, of um, the rebellion and, you know, the, 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 the sort of omnipresence of the empire and the way that that was growing and, you know, like the um, public announcement stuff and the yeah. posters and all that kind of stuff, the sort of propaganda side of the empire that you could see. And the sort of growing unrest that was that was that was uh, in opposition to that that was growing. I just I loved all that that it was in the background. Yeah. Um, speaking of the background and speaking of the propaganda, did you happen to notice in the port where Han and Kira start to escape to or try to escape? Uh, they were playing the Imperial March on the sign yeah. in the background. Yeah. I thought that was just really yeah. cool. You know, it was like a different key. Uh, yeah. Almost, it's almost something that you could miss completely if you're not really paying attention. Yeah, looking for I did those catch things. that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah, cool. That was awesome. Yeah. So that's where we are. We end up uh, on the streets of Corellia. They're evading Lady Proxima's gang, and they mm. do this pretty awesome car. I don't want to call it a car speeder. I guess we can call it a speeder scene where they're they're yeah. racing through the streets. I thought that was all very cool. It that looked great. Super yeah. exciting. Yeah. I did like the the maneuver that Han attempted to pull where he was like, you know, and he, I don't know if there's other little Easter eggs like that that a lot of people may not catch. But, yeah, you know, when he does the um, the sideways part into the alleyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says he tells her, yeah, watch this. And he like turns like, that's <laughs> yeah. that's classic Han yeah. right there. I it can't is, remember yeah, which yeah, movie yeah. that was, but I think it might have been Empire. I think it was. Empire yeah, he does the Empire through the asteroids, doesn't he? That's right. Through the asteroid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there were little things like that. Um, something else I noticed in there is when they're showing like the troopers, uh, the ground troopers there that are kind of guiding people on their way. If you yeah. listen really close in the background, you can hear things like, um, and I think this is all like, okay, Star Wars used to have a video game that was just entitled Star Wars. And this comes from episode four, but it was like the whole move along. You can hear them saying that move along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, what was the other one? Oh, there was one where he says, uh, you're all clear. Or he says, there was just these little okay. tiny drops in there that if you listen very closely, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, I just like that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Totally, because yeah. I think that if anything, Solo did much better than Rogue One did, because I'm all down about the Easter eggs. 
but yeah. I like that this one was subtle about it. It just yeah, sort of it plants really them there, mentioning yeah, yeah. them in just a word, as opposed to like Rogue One, yeah. where oh hi, if you don't remember us, we were from the cantina, and we're going to yeah, tell oh, you yeah, the yeah. exact same thing that we'd say, <laughs> you know, down the road. Yeah. You know, you best watch yourself. All of that. Um, yeah, I yeah. just thought that was it was done way better, and I yeah, don't know if yeah. that's like something that we contribute to the Lord Miller camp or to the Ron Howard camp, because mm. from what I understand, they did. I from what I was reading, I think that they kept thirty percent of the Lord Miller footage. And then the rest of it was all the rest. The other 70 okay. was actually Ron Howard. Okay. So when it comes to that kind of thing, I'm attributing that to Lord Miller, the little, the little funny things. I think that yeah. they're a little bit better yeah. at that. You know, they did the Lego movie. Yeah. They have that under their belt already. You know? Yeah, totally. It makes me really wonder what that movie would have been like, you know, yeah. something that we'll never see. It's kind of the justice league mishmash monster bash again. Yeah. Of, you yeah. Know, but yeah. Uh, but, you, um, you kind of guess it might have been had more humor maybe because of their track record really with the Lego movie and the Jump Street films and but um yeah I think the script was pretty much there when Ron Howard got to it it was all pretty much set so I don't know how much of these details were in but Ron Howard is a fan he's come out and you know blatantly said he's a big fan obviously he's no he's a good mate of George Lucas's as well. They go back quite a long way, don't they? American yeah. graffiti and all that. So Right. I don't know if any of that car chasing stuff had to do with like a little bit of a nod to that, maybe. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, to his old mentor. But Yeah. Again, the whole thing was very effective. It was. And that that leads us into the port. And this is how Han and Kira are planning to make their escape. Okay, there is there's here comes another nitpick here coming up shortly, but before we right. get to that. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have Han and, and Kira and they are trying their best to just kind of evade the Imperials. No, it wasn't the Imperials actually. Well, it was kind of both, wasn't it? Because they're, they're, they're running from Lady Proxima's gang, yeah. but the Imperials are actually guarding the entire port that yeah. they're in. So yeah, essentially yeah. they're, they're doing like a double hide thing. Yeah. Um, they have one thing of coaxium, of, of yeah. refined coaxium that they're going to use to bribe the guard at the gate to get yeah. out. I kind of already saw what was going to happen there. We know that they're going to get separated, you know, and that's not right. even a knock. That's just, I knew right. what we were, I kind of felt like I knew what was going to happen right there. And that's what happened. You know, they, they end up getting separated and yeah. there begins the story right there. Door yeah. comes down, they grab Kira, they take her away. And Han was like, you know, I'll come back for you and all of that. So on the next side, when he's hiding out and he's like cloaked up and he takes the hat off of a little kid and he's, you know, he's just kind of like hiding in the shadows of the port this is where we find out how Han Solo got his name. Now, yeah. I don't... Yeah, okay, I think your tone just says it all right there. Or maybe not. <laughs> but this was probably yeah. my biggest frustration with this movie, was that right. that's just lazy writing right there, man. I don't I know just, how else that, to put that, you know? Yeah, I just didn't like it. I just and didn't like it. I don't think that there was a person in the theater that didn't realize what was going to come out of that guy's mouth. You know, he's like, so right. first, what's your name? Han. And then he says something to the effect of, uh, it was like, who are, who are you here with? Or who's your group? Or he said something. He's yeah, like, oh, I'm yeah. by who myself. Are people or whatever, yeah. Yeah, who are your people? And immediately, you know where this is going. So yeah. it's like, you know, Han Solo. And, and there we go. And I just felt like, yeah. really? Really? Yeah. After all these years, that's how he has yeah. his name? And that's what, why he decided to keep it? They yeah. didn't really touch on it anymore. It's not like they even showed him go, hmm, yeah, that sounds pretty good. It was just Han Solo, and, and there we go. And to yeah. me, honestly, I feel like that's just super lazy writing. Yeah, I don't know if it was just lazy or just misjudged. 
you know i i just think it was um yeah i wasn't it, i wasn't comfortable with that as as a reason for his name you know you look at uh, the 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 star wars names have a certain rhythm to them that i've always liked you know han solo max rebo ponda baba you know ben kenobi they've all got a certain ring to them you know kylo ren whatever you know pick any name and there's a certain rhythm to them um that i really like and um for it to be yeah just giving him like that or that he took that it just doesn't doesn't seem right there's no reason why that couldn't be his actual name it exactly it, 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 it doesn't not? need it doesn't need explanation like in the writing room who comes up with this idea i think yeah. you're right on the money man why couldn't that just be his normal name it, there's yeah. no reason to even explain that but yeah you know it now is part of the lore and yeah. that's what we got to deal with. I mean, it's not like we're going to keep coming back to that. Like, remember in the spaceport when he chose his name as Solo? You're never going to hear that again. It was just a way no. to set it up and keep the movie going. But yeah, maybe it wasn't lazy writing, but definitely poor judgment. At least yeah, I, think I definitely so. yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, it was one of the there's probably maybe three or four things in the whole film that I didn't dig, and that was one of them. That was one of them. Probably probably Super the biggest complaints. one. That was probably the biggest one for me that really kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I was like, mm, I think I'll just forget they did that. Because yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they got so much stuff right, you know. They really did, man. They really knocked some stuff out of the park. Some of it fell a little bit flat, but when they got it right, it was so yeah. right. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And fit perfectly into the canon. I am a very forgiving guy. And, you know, over time, I might change my opinion. I mean, when... when phantom menace came out i was like i really liked it no i really like i really liked it for a couple of weeks and tried to talk myself into it and then really you know the, the horror of it all emerged from behind the cloud of sort of nostalgia and euphoria that there was some kind of star wars and uh and i realized the the grim truth of yeah the situation. <laughs> so i might i might i might sound different on this film in a, in a few months time but no my immediate reaction off the f one one viewing is yeah mostly awesome and i definitely came out of the movie the first time i saw it thursday night i saw it friday and i definitely came out thursday night way more optimistic about it. I'm not pessimistic about it. That's a bad way to put it, but I, right, I see right. what you're saying on the second viewing. I did tend to kind of like do a little bit more picking apart, but again, not enough mm. to really make it to call this movie a shitty movie or anything. Yeah, like that, yeah. You know, um, I think it's a great, great submission into the star Wars story. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. No problem with that. But yeah, so that's where we're at. And then we'll move along here, guys. Again, I was planning on sitting down with John and doing maybe like 20 minutes, and this is not going <laughs> to yeah. happen. I can feel it already <laughs> happening here because we're still at the port. So we'll move along. <laughs> so now, you know, Han's telling him, I'm going to be a fighter. Um, I want to be a fly boy. I want to, I forget how he put it. But he's like, I, I, I want to be with the Imperial Army. And our, our, what was he like? A mud trooper, I believe. But he says, uh, Yeah, he, he wanted says, to yeah. be a pilot. Yeah, but he, but yeah, he ended up doing something else. <laughs> I forgot the line that he gave to the guy that gave him his name, but he says something to the effect of, I want to fly. The next yeah. scene literally shows him flying from an explosion, getting knocked back. <laughs> yeah, and now he's nice. a mud trooper and he's, it's three years later. So now we yeah, have Han yeah. at 22 and he's in the yeah. middle of it. This is where I think the movie really started to take off, but I really liked Woody Harrelson as Tobias Beckett. Yeah, and I liked great. his introduction. Yeah. Twirling those guns around. Yeah. When yeah, I first yeah, saw that, is. 
Yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't really know where Lando was going to pop in. You know what I mean? Because I yeah, yeah. set up, I didn't know where it was going to be. And I saw with the flash and the, and the twirling of the guns, I'm thinking, oh, this might be Lando right here. Because oh, okay. we just saw right, the silhouette right. at first. Quickly, yeah, yeah. you realize that it's Woody, Tobias. Yeah. yeah. And um, I was really hoping that they would keep this character around longer. You know, yeah. I'm talking like multiple movies because I think yeah, he yeah. just did such a great job. Woody Harrelson, to me, is one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. And, he's phenomenal. And you know what? He's he's one of these actors that for some reason, I'm not always giving him the, the fairest chance. Um, okay. The Last Planet of the Apes movie, for instance. I'm like, ah, it's got Woody Harrelson in it. And I don't know why I do that because he's okay. such a great actor. You know what I mean? Right, and right. Every single time he knocks it out of the park. Loved him in Three Billboards. Of course, Zombieland. We can't forget Zombieland. That's like one of my favorite movies ever. <laughs> yeah, it's a great but he, yeah, But he does no different in this one. He just really does a great job of, of bringing Tobias Beckett to life. But I liked his relationship, what was there of it, of him and Tandy Newton. Uh, Val is yeah. the character. I, I, I don't could have seen really, more of that. I could have seen a little bit more of those two. I think we all could have, yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't really know what the decision was to do that. I know we're jumping ahead slightly. I guess we'll get to that. Mm. But um, yeah, uh, in agreement, I really could have seen more of that too. Where we're at is that we've got Han, who's now a mud trooper, and he comes across a, a gang of thieves, a group of thieves that are basically imitating Imperial mud troopers as well. And Han's really quick about it, you know, using his, uh, even though he's not quite the scoundrel that we're used to seeing, you know, mm. he's still, he wants to be that scoundrel. He's, it's sort of like he's yeah, self-proclaiming yeah. himself to be that scoundrel. Yeah, and yeah. Um, being that that's the way he is, he notices right away that they're full of it. Uh, he mm. notices that he's got some holes in his battle armor where that should have left him for dead. Yeah, yeah. So he knows that he's, he's masking as a, I think it was like a captain or something like that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. He quickly latches onto them. He's like, yeah. look, I know what you guys are doing and I yeah. want to be part of this. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he, and he resorts to blackmail with them, essentially. Yeah, we get to see how smart he is. You know, we're, we're, we're rapidly seeing, you know, how crafty he is and how, how, how smart he is and quick to, to seize opportunities. This was totally one of those times, too, where I felt like, oh, there's Han. Like, he just kind of popped in. And yeah. you, you saw Han. You see the, yeah, the crafty yeah. smile that he has and just that. The grin. Yeah, that, the grin. Yeah, he, he got the grin, man. He totally got the spirit of the grin, man. Absolutely. You know, the, the cocky swagger. For sure. And this is the yeah. first time that I truly saw that. I'm like, okay, all right. I think we're onto something <laughs> here, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Tobias and Val decide that they're not going to be having that. Uh, Val wants to immediately kill him. Tobias is like, no, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't do that just yet. So they decide to have him arrested instead. They call on an actual Imperial officer, tell mm. him what's going on, and they take him away. And now this is where it starts to get very good. Yeah, yeah. Because I got to tell you, man, I have to take away Star Wars fan points because I did not see what was about to happen. I didn't see it coming. I really honestly didn't think that it was this is going to be where we see Chewie. Because, you know, at least the story that I've always known is that he does free him from slavery. Right. And that's what he gets this whole life debt thing. Again, yeah. ooh, and that was the other thing, too. I was really kind of sad that they didn't do that. But, right. you know, small potatoes. But yeah. this is where we meet Chewie. You know, they, they throw yeah. him into this pit and they tell him... Yeah. Um, Something like, let's feed him to the, I think they said, feed him to the beast. The monster. Or throw or him, yeah, throw yeah, him yeah. to the beast. It was the beast. He's like, with well, the beast, right, he, right, they yeah. throw him into this pit. They tell yeah. him that he hasn't eaten in three days. Yeah. And that it should be good and hungry. And that's yeah. when I immediately thought Rancor for some reason. Yeah, I just, of course. I, yeah, yeah me makes too. sense, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. So I just didn't <laughs> see it coming, you know? And uh, 
I was a little ashamed of myself for that for some reason, but it would make sense that it should be a Rancor. Yeah. Wasn't not disappointed with that at all. I'm actually kind of happy that the ruse got me because I was like, oh. Yeah. So yeah. we hear this growling beast start to, yeah. the beast as they're calling it, start to kind of work his way out from the darkness and the shadows. And then mm. we see that stringy, stringy hair that's just yeah. covered in mud. Chewie yeah. looked fucking ferocious in this movie, yeah, especially terrifying. in this scene. Yeah. It's terrifying, right? Looking up at him like that. Yeah. As yeah. soon as you see the foot, though, you're like, oh, okay, I know yeah, where we're we at. Go. That's, we that's damn Wookiee foot. And I, I have to say that Chewie was probably the highlight of this movie for me. I think this right. is the best Chewie that we've ever seen. Yeah. And I, I really loved his story, you know? Like I said, I was expecting to get the whole life debt thing. Right. But I guess we're just going to have to assume that Chewie's just a really good dude that... Hey man, you did me a favor, so I'm gonna roll with you until basically you die. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And and, yeah. and they just became friends that way. What did you think upon initial attack by Chewie when Han starts to speak Wookie? Oh man, I was laughing out loud. I really was, and so was most of the cinema. I mean, I saw it at a midnight showing. Obviously, it was all geeks, you know. Right. There was the truest of the there. true. Yeah, everyone was wearing some kind of Star Wars t-shirt or had tattoos or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It was it was the hardcore. And everyone was laughing. It it seemed to delight everybody, including me. It was it was another great bit of humor, you know. The whole solo name thing, I think might have been an attempt at a joke that just didn't work, but this was this was brilliant. It was great when he started doing the speaking in Wookiee. Uh, it was just amazing. He's like, yeah, yeah, just speak a little bit. <laughs> yeah, they, they never really touched stuff. on why or anything, but I didn't care. It was great. He spoke just enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was awesome. I also like that they utilized um, they utilized subtitles for the for the Wookiee. Oh, <laughs> what is the proper term? Do you know, John? The was it Wookiee? Let's call it Wookiees. I don't know, but yeah. you know, it's Wookiee <laughs> yeah, language. Um, they actually <laughs> yeah. showed that for the first time. I thought that was pretty funny because when he speak, when Han's speaking to Chewie, it's very like broken. Yeah. Wookie, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? He says something like you, yeah. me make pretend battle, you know, fool them or something. <laughs> and I just, I love that whole part of it. I loved yeah. how physically involved Junus Suatamo is as Chewie now. Yeah, like yeah, some yeah. of those slams that he was doing, yeah, you know, yeah. and when he, when he like, when I, I forgot what, um, you know, Han was t obviously trying to get him like amped up for this and he, he yeah. insults him with one of those, you know, like you nerve herder or whatever the hell he called yeah, him, but he called yeah, him something yeah. that very, very star Wars. Yeah. And Chewie just goes full bore right into him. And yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how Han survived that, to be honest with you. I mean, granted <laughs> it's a movie, yeah. but yeah. a normal human being would probably have their back broken when they're yeah, pushed yeah. up against that thing. But that whole scene was great. It, was. it really shows you how strong Chewie is. Yeah, because when he goes on the attack and he, you know, he, yeah. oh my god, when he takes that one guard and yeah. basically like body slams him and head like head first into the ground, I was yeah. like, oh, this is this is what I've always wanted to see. I wanted to see a Wookiee go beast mode. And yeah, it's totally yeah, yeah. what he did. You know? Yeah. So I gave that whole scene like an A plus. Man, it was it was a great entry point for them. Oh man, that was it was great. That was perfect. Anything else on that one before we move along? No, let's move on. All right. Previously, Han was trying to get involved with, with Tobias Beckett and Val. He wanted to be joined part of their team. He wanted in on that. And he kind of had to like pull a ruse on Chewie and tell me, like, these are my good friends. You know, let's, let's go this way. Let's get involved. I don't know how he had such faith that they were going to do this for him, being that they just threw him to his death. Mm. But it worked. This is where we now meet another character by the name of Rio Durant, played by John Favreau. 
By the way, Rio is the pilot of this team. You know, he's the one that's like getting them from place to place. And um, before I go into it, I want to know what you think, because going back to what I said, I've always been pulled out when aliens are speaking basic and it's just so American sounding. Okay. What were your thoughts on Favreau's performance? It was very Rocket Raccoon. That's I a good thought. way of putting it. <laughs> I really did. I really got a big Rocket vibe off of him. Um, but he was just different enough in his own way, I think. I liked, I liked the physicality of the character, the, the design of the character with the extra arms and the way he kind of moved about as a result of having those limbs. I think Star Wars has always got that stuff really. They've always thought about that and really nailed how would this creature move. Yeah, they definitely put some thought into that one. Like, like the again, it's weird to cite Phantom Menace again, but like um, Sebulba, like the way he moved around on his arms and used his feet, stuff like that, I really liked. You know, I like the fact that they they don't just come up with like a, a guy in a rubber suit. They come up with a creature and they think they think it through fully and they think, well, how would this thing get around? What would be the most natural kind of movement for this? Right back from back in the day when they were, you know studying how elephants move to get the atats walking in a, in a believable manner. Right. So it, I like, I like the design. I like the way he moved and yeah, he was, a, he was a cool character. He was all right. It didn't, it didn't pop out for me like with a voice or anything like that. It just, I was trying to work out who the voice was for a little while. It wasn't immediately apparent. It was John Favreau to me, but um, yeah, I thought he was, he was, he was fine. He was cool. It, it, I didn't have a problem with him. I thought Rio was a fun character, and I think that I probably could have appreciated him a little bit more had he not been taken out so quickly, you know? Mm. Um, spoiler. But, yeah, we're coming up on that. But I think that I was just starting to kind of get used to his way of speaking and his, his actual character. Yeah. And then he, and then he was gone, you know? Yeah, but, yeah. you know, in retrospect, when I, when I was watching it first, I really wasn't feeling it. I'm trying to get past that whole, you know, that what I was talking about, my hell hang up with that. But once, you know, we started rolling with it and he was having that dialogue with Han and talking about yeah. how, you know, you know, he's like, he was calling him things like Flyboy, And he kind of reminded yeah. me of, of a character that you've seen sort of a million times though. And in, in like war movies where it's like, yeah, when I get back, I'm going to get myself a house and I'm going to, do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah. He said something like <laughs> yeah. that. I'm going to get yeah. myself a cantina, someplace warm, but not too warm, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but he had a very familiar like speech pattern and the way he talked to movies like that, where it's like, yeah, you know, like let's say it's a, it's an army, a war movie and we have someone that gets shot or something like that. And it's like, it's getting dark, Saj. Tell, 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 you know what I'm talking about? Like, that's what I tell, tell, tell Marie, I love her. Right. You know, it was that kind of thing, you know, say, say, go, yeah. go find my mom when you get back. It was that kind of a thing. And there was just, it was a little bit uh tropey yeah. for me, but yeah, not yeah. again, very very minimal fault you know but kind of um, in the spirit of the kind of story they were telling you know that's true i mean it you was know. in fact a, a heisty yeah. war driven story at that point yeah, anyway, yeah. you know There's a ragtag a ragtag bunch of no gooders do you know what i mean it's, it's right it is uh, you know the whole thing's kind of tropey in that sense do you know what i mean but uh, this is true very nice touch with the ragtag, though, because that's completely what it is. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they are basically now formulating a plan to heist a whole bunch of coaxium. That they were going to make a whole bunch of money off of this, and they were going to be able to go do their own thing. Val and um, Tobias were going to go off, and you know they were going to yeah, go yeah. off and do their thing. 
Han was going to have enough money to buy a ship so we could go back to Corellia, of course, and, and get yeah. Kira. So yeah. I think that's it. It gives the impression at first that they were just down for making, you know, a big money, you know, a big money, basically, for this giant yeah. heist that they had to do. So yeah. turns out that they're going to have to basically rob a train. And I can't remember the name of that. Do you happen to recall your little more on point when it comes to the terminology of star wars but do you remember the name of the train no sorry i don't man no worries it's okay but that's what it is it's a train heist i loved the train heist scene yeah, i thought it was awesome. so like action-packed and it kind of had my like heart pumping a little bit hey guys we had to break for just a quick second so if this sounds a little broken who cares so we're back to the train heist which i absolutely loved there's just something about the han and chewy dynamic in this one that I just loved like the formation of the teamwork and, and how they yeah. started talking to each other. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, he's like, Oh, that was a close one, buddy. You know, they, like they're starting to actually get that yeah. actual camaraderie now. And, yeah. um, you know, again, this was, this for me was like Chewie's movie and I loved all of it. Mm. The, the thing that got me about this one, and this is also where we get the introduction of Infus nest and this, and the, uh, cloud riders, which to me sounds like a, like a sixties soul band or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, Emphasis Ness and the cloud riders, but they, um, <laughs> you know, sorry, it's okay. No, John, no, you don't no, have to it was I'm a shitty joke. I'm down with that. <laughs> <laughs> See how it is. He's so nice. It was a swing and a miss and he still gave me a laugh. <laughs> anyway, I didn't really know what to think of Emphasis Ness at first because I'd heard several different things about this character. I heard that it might've been Boba Fett. I heard that oh, okay. it might've. I heard that it might have been um, a woman, and we'll get to that, of course. There's right. just different different things I didn't know, but I did find the introduction of him on the speeder, of Infus Nest on the speeder, and the battle that took oh, place on the train, yeah. like, amazing. I loved it. Was it was incredible. The whole yeah. sequence was outstanding. Oh, yeah. And I was thinking, okay, now we're in for, like, this really, like, in-depth criminal, you know, this this criminal that's going to, what's, what's, what's going to come from here on out, you know? Yeah. And it took a turn, which we'll get to. I wasn't really sure what to think of that whole issue. I'm not sure if that's what you were talking about earlier when we were, yeah, we were saying. Yeah, okay, it yeah. Was. So, you know, but as far as the introduction of Emphasis Nest and the Cloud Rise, I, I loved the whole part. I thought it made a great scene on the train heist. But what really surprised me, I'm not going to say it disappointed me or took me out of the movie or anything like that. But what surprised me was that this is where they decided to take out Tandy Newton. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. See, this is definitely a hang up for me okay. on a couple of reasons, a couple of reasons. And I'll explain why, you know, we're moving along in the story and it seems to me that Tandy Newton or excuse me, Val and Tobias are going to be like this major part of the story. They're working towards their goal, as we said, to do whatever that they do after this big heist. And Val just goes and detonates herself basically for the sake of this mission. I kind of feel like they could have worked that out a little bit differently, but I was okay with it almost instantaneously. But what got me about this scene, and this is where I get back to the whole lazy writing thing is that, you know, Tobias was like completely crushed for about 2.5 seconds. Yeah. And then immediately he's just right back to being Tobias again, even yeah. to the fact where going a little bit further ahead when he meets up with um, Dryden Voss, and he's like, oh, by the way, I'm really sorry. You know, you hear them talking in the background. He's like, I'm really sorry about Val. He's like, oh, yeah, thanks. Anyway, and he just keeps going. It was like, it was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, whatever, you know, she, yeah. was just a, she was just extra weight. So I kind of felt like, <laughs> okay, well, I guess you guys just wanted to give up on that. I thought that that could have been a very strong driving arc to his story, something that yeah. kind of pushed him forward and made him a little more, you know, intense. 
Right. They decided to, it was just like a missed opportunity. They decided not to do that. So yeah, yeah, I can see, you that. know, it is what it is. And like I said, with each of these little hangups that I have, it's just, it's very minimal, you know, it's yeah, not yeah. that big of a deal, but if we were to sit here and break this down and really try to, you know, rate on whether the, uh, this was a great movie critic wise is what I'm getting at. Yeah. I think I could probably go into that a little bit more, but as just a fan, which is what we are, ladies and gentlemen, we're just this oh, yeah. heroes of noise is a fan based podcast. We are not professional critics. I think most of you know that if this is the first time listening, if you haven't figured that out yet, yeah, we're not professional critics. We're just fans <laughs> and we're just talking, man. We're just trying, you know, having a good time talking about movies we like. So I'm going to keep it on that and realize that, you know, it's not that big of a deal to me, but I could definitely get more into that if we were doing this on a professional level, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's it. Train scene was rocking. One thing about this scene that I thought was awesome was when these the cloud riders were on their speeders and, oh, I'm, I'm skipping a big part too. This is where we actually end up losing Rio. And this yeah. is what I was talking about earlier. I think that's why, because I, I mentioned the whole, it's getting dark, Saj. But Rio <laughs> takes a nasty shot to the yeah. back of his shoulder. Yeah. And that was, I loved the the visuals on that because you saw like the smoldering of the skin inside yeah, of his, yeah. uh, like pay, yeah. if you're going back on Monday, pay attention to that. That's actually really cool yeah. how they did no, that. I did see that. Yeah. And did the, he said something like, what, I've been shot in one of my shoulders, wasn't it? Yeah. Because <laughs> he's got like four arms or whatever. <laughs> I like the dialogue on that because he goes, uh, he goes, how you doing? Okay, Rio. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm fine. I just took a nick on the shoulder and, uh, but, but I'm fine. And then he goes, he's not fine. He, like he heard yeah, it in yeah. his voice, you yeah, know, he yeah. knew that something was up. Yeah. And now this is where Han actually gets the opportunity to show his piloting skills. Yeah. Yeah. I liked that end scene with him and Rio where he was like, you know what? You are a really good pilot kid. And he said something to the effect of dying alone. At least I don't have to, I can't remember what he said, man. I'm doing terrible with these quotes. This is what happens when you review a movie and you've only seen it like twice. Yeah. This is why I watch movies multiple times. But anyway, he does say something to the effect of like he didn't want to die alone. And then he, and he was he was glad he didn't have to. And yeah. I thought that whole scene worked really well. As far as an exit point for Favreau's character, I thought it went well. Yeah. And this is where, again, like I said, this is where we actually get to see what Han is capable of doing. Mm. Starting out anyway. I mean, he really shows his shit towards the end of this movie. Yeah, particularly yeah. in the, um, the Kessel Run, of course. Oh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> oh God, I love that scene so much. But, um, you know, so we, we lose Rio. Rio's gone. And now Han's taken the ship over and he has managed to keep the coaxium cabled to the ship. But we have Emphis Nest and the Cloud Riders that are like pulling with their cables too. what ends up happening is you and I both know we, we lose the whole thing and the and the train car just drops to yeah. the mountain floor. That explosion slash implosion thing was wow, yeah. sick. I love yeah, that, that so much. Great. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remember that was one of the things where me and my buddy Phil just like looked at each other like, oh yeah, they knocked it out of the park on that one. Yeah, I that, love little things cool. like that. You know, that was actually one of the things that made for a great Boba Fett scene or Django Fett scene in the prequels was that wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sonic sonic bomb thing, yeah. They've done a very good job of doing that kind of thing and this was no, you know, exception. And Last Jedi as well, that that um, when, when she pilot, piloted the ship into that Star Destroyer thing and it it went silent. Oh, 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 you said, yeah, you yeah. said last Jedi, my bad. I'm sorry. I, I was, I don't know what the hell I was thinking right now, but I was no, no, no. Of, you were thinking of one of the prequels where there's, yeah, yeah with, it, with the other thing, but that was, a, that was another example of, of, of a cool sound effect visual thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. The whole hyperspace yeah. into the, into the, uh, the ship was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. 
So after the train heist, we now have uh, a very distraught, kind of distraught Tobias. He'll be distraught for about another four seconds. But he's mad at Han, obviously. He punches Han in the face and, you know, tells him that he screwed up the whole thing. Han's obviously apologetic about it, but he wants to continue. He wants to help him out. And this is where Tobias tells him, like, look, you know, you don't want to do this. And if you do, you're going to end up getting stuck in this life. If we don't die because of this, because Han wants to make right. You know, he wants to, obviously, he wants to get that money. Being Han Solo, it's all about him. And, you know, he wants that money because he still has that mission of trying to get Kira back. But, you know, I'm sure he owes him one. And Tobias tells him, like, look, if we don't die because of this, because now you're fucking with the Crimson Dawn, there's a very good chance that you're going to end up being, like, stuck in this life for the rest of your life. Han says, no problem. He's good with that. Chewie gives him a... And that means yes, of course. And, you know, that's where we go. And he's talking about how... um, Dryden Voss is going to be showing up on this yacht. You're like, well, how are we going to find him? He's like, oh, you'll know it. And that's when we see that big barge yacht thing, yeah, you know, yeah. in the distance. Uh, I thought that was actually very cool. Very yeah. Jabba-esque, if yeah, you will, yeah. you know? Yeah. And um, this is where we now meet Dryden Voss. I really like Dryden's character. I like yeah, Paul fantastic. Bettany as this. I, I loved all of the, like, kind of look like stretch marks all over his face really yeah, but all the claw marks or whatever that yeah, was yeah, yeah. yeah so he's obviously been through some shit and i thought that he was a very he was a good character in the fact that he's like a high-ended crime lord he he does mm. things viciously and then just immediately like steps steps down from it and it's like a whole nother thing they yeah, tell yeah. him when they're entering the yacht tobias tells han keep your eyes down don't talk to anybody just mm. do you and that's how you're going to survive on this of course yeah. han doesn't do that but yeah. <laughs> um so they say oh yeah so um mr voss has been waiting for you but he's busy at the moment so just please wait and then you snap you snap over and you see him taking out like some big official with those mm. amazing blade things that he had yeah, i don't know what those yeah, were yeah. but i want some you know yeah, and next con sick. i go to i'm gonna have to find some kind of replica of that shit because those were amazing <laughs> yeah. and apparently they turn on so it's not just like a blade it's like some kind of a laser yeah. Sabery, I don't know what the hell it is. Some kind of Star Wars weapon, yeah. which is awesome. The closest thing we got to a lightsaber, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Like it's, it's his ver- <laughs> It's like a knife, a knife saver or something. Saber, yeah. rather. <laughs> yeah. Saver, lifesavers, great candy. But yeah, so that you know, now we know that who we're dealing with here. He's obviously not one to be screwed with. This is where we get them talking, and um, while Han's walking around, he gets tapped on the shoulder. He turns around. Who is it? We got Kira, and they now have a connection again. He's trying mm. to figure out what brought her there. They've talked about where they've been the last, kind of what they've been doing the last couple of years. And, uh, yeah. you know, he's like, I've been looking for you this whole time. And he's like, well, she's like, well, now you found me. Mm. And this is where Voss enters. And he's doing that whole, like, super calm. Hey, can I get you something to eat? You want to drink? You know, he's doing that yeah, very hospitable. Yeah. I'm going to kill you any second kind of thing. Yeah. To him. Yeah. Classic sort and, of mafia kind of vibe. Do you know what I mean? For sure. Presents him with this, basically. He says, uh, you know. You owe me a lot of credits. Convince me not to kill you because you've got to do so. And again, this is another scene where I thought that Alden Ehrenreich did a really good job of embodying Han Solo because he comes up with, you know, they're talking about, well, where are you going to get this much refined coaxium? But then Han comes up with, well, how about the whole unrefined? What about unrefined? You know, you can tell he's clearly proud of himself that he's come up with this idea. They're like, well, (laughs) that's not a bad idea. And this is where Chewie gets involved. And he's like, you know, he's telling him where he can actually get this stuff refined at. And I can't remember the name of the planet. It was started with an S. It was like, 
I'm not even going to bother trying to, I'll just make up a word, but it was an S yeah, yeah. <laughs> plan to start with an S. They came up with this plan that they could go to the spice mines of Kessel where they have a whole bunch of this unrefined coaxium because it is a mining planet and they're going to take it to this other area and they're going to get it refined. They're going to pay back Crimson Dawn. Everything should be good to go. Han's still going to get his ship and Tobias should make it out. That's mm. the initial plan. Didn't find anything wrong with this at all. I thought it was a great scene. Yeah, yeah. And you know, to talk about the barge a little bit or the yacht, Star Wars does have this um, theme of bringing in little musical acts, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was great. I, I love that. There, I kind of dug this one for some reason, man. Yeah, I really liked it. I mean, let me pull it up real quick. I was actually looking on Amazon last night, and the solo soundtrack has that song. Seriously. Yeah, and the the singer that was singing, it's called, of all things, Chicken in a Pot is what it's called. I thought that was, okay, Chicken that, in a Pot. Is that the name but, of the guy in the jail? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and and they, they actually did this, the real version of this song, it, it's, the, it's the female singer with another female singer. So they just threw the little right. fishy dude in there. It looked very yeah. like, um, it reminded me of like uh, Futurama or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. This little dude, this little head in a jar. But the song was kind of dope. I have to admit, it sounded very, very like trip hoppy or something. It had, uh, yeah, there's, yeah. the singer's voice reminds me, there's this, I, oh God, I don't know her name, but there's this group called Elysian Fields. Okay. And um, it's just that type of a vibe of music. But I was thinking, right, is yeah. this the singer? You know, she's also in another band called Lovage. Right. But I thought that was her. I don't think it was, but I, I don't know. I think that they did a really good job this time. I've always yeah, yeah. liked the background singing going on in these, in the cantinas, even yeah, in the yeah. force of Wakens, I like that too. A little bit yeah. different, kind of had like a little bit of a reggae vibe or something to it. Right. Yeah. The only ones where I really just cringe uh, is it's always been return of the Jedi, but it got way worse when they did, they redid that whole scene. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Don't get me started, man. Oh my God. It's, I, I can't I watch love, it. I love nub nub. I love Nub Nub. I thought that was oh, a brilliant tune. Fantastic and, and, tune. And then he just ruined it with this crappy, oh, just one of the many scenes it was the, of those. It was that editions. Max Rebo special edition thing. That oh, just that was really bad as well. You know. But they didn't do that this time. They actually no. did it very successfully. And I yeah, kind of like that, that they, they, that they keep those scenes in there like that. It's just, it, yeah, it, yeah. It just lets you, it reminds you that you're in a Star Wars movie. Yeah, you know? totally, totally. And that's the kind of shit that just makes me smile. So, and again, I it really was like subtle, like, like all that, like you said earlier about, about the little nods and the little in jokes and stuff like that, the little Easter eggs. It's all, it was all done really subtly and didn't uh, intrude into the storyline in any way. And Not at another, all. And that was another one of those, those moments. It was really nicely done <laughs> when the guy in the jar started singing. I wasn't expecting that. And again, the whole cinema burst out laughing. Yeah, I mean it's 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 downright silly, you know. I mean it just it really is. But I don't know, it just worked for me, you know. But yeah, yeah, he just had that really like (laughs) yeah, really really deep voice. I'm like, my man can sing. My man's got some pipes on him. I don't know. There's no bubbles or anything. It just sounds like he's just singing. But um, But yeah, you've got to have a little bit of silly in your Star Wars. Do you know? Of course, it's all part of it, isn't it? And it always has been. It's never ever not been that way. I think the problem that a lot of guys particularly fans that are like you're my age that we actually grew up with the originals and we played yeah, with yeah. the toys and we, you know, and that's why I think we're so apeshit crazy about these movies is that mm. it's something that brings, it sparks nostalgia. Yeah. It, it, it brings back that warmth that you had. Uh, mm. You and I have had a conversation about this off mic before, but it's just, it's just, yeah, yeah. it's just this amazing 
thing that happened to us that we're lucky enough to experience. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You had told me that you had, uh, matter of fact, I think you're going to the movies with your father tomorrow, correct? I am, yeah, my father and my son. I pay attention, brother. Yeah, but man. that was like a big thing for you guys, right? That yeah, was something yeah. that you guys did and you've sort of turned it around and now made it a tradition where you're taking your father, correct? That's right. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Um, I'm actually quite jealous of that. You know, I don't, my, my dad used to do the same thing with me and not to like bring it down or anything, but like, I do miss that. I do yeah, miss being able sure. to like not go to the movies with my father anymore, you know, in particular to Star Wars, because that was our thing. Yeah. Um, but what I'm getting at is I think that whole, it's all packaged into this nostalgia thing. You know what I mean? For, yeah. for me anyway, you know, it, it just brings back all these different memories. I don't yeah. know if you heard the show where I was talking about um, toys that made us. Yeah. Yeah. I watched it. But yeah, you know, but I watched that result. Star Wars yeah, one yeah. and I, and I'm telling you, dude, I know it sounds crazy, but I literally was like tearing up because it was making me think of all these different times yeah. that I, that I was with my dad and the, the experiences right, we shared, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and I know really what it came down to is I think that my dad was actually living vicariously through me. He probably wanted the Star Wars toys as much as I did, yeah. but you know, he couldn't play with them. So of course he made it a real big point to make sure that the kid, his kid always knew like, I wouldn't know that there was mail away Boba Fett's. Someone was giving me that information. That was my pop, you know? Right, right, right. So, you know, not not to really, like, stay on that too long, but Star Wars just really, I think that's why we take it so seriously. Yeah. And we criticize so much is because we're, every, we're always trying to chase the dragon. You know, we want that feeling of how it was when we were a kid. Yeah, yeah, and totally. So when it does hit the mark, it's it's really an amazing thing. I can't say that I really got that from Solo. I don't even know if I really got that from... Um, Last Jedi, but it was mm -hmm. definitely there for The Force Awakens. I, I just remember right, because right. it was, you know, depending on whether a lot of people say that that was just a rehash of Episode Four, but to me, maybe that's what it was. But again, it just brought me back, completely brought me back again, and made me feel like a kid. And that's just some yeah. that's something that I hope that you know Kathleen Kennedy and Disney don't get away from mm. is realizing that yes, you can make a lot of money off of these movies, yeah, but it's not just about making well depending on who you ask, I imagine it's not just about making money. It's about, you know, sort of creating that magic of, of what star Wars truly is. You know, I'm hoping yeah. that they're very, I'm hoping they're careful. I imagine there's going to be a lot of, you know, not so successful ventures. Maybe solo will eventually go down in history as one of those, because this is possibly the lowest ranking movie in a, an opening weekend. But I don't know if that's just because of guys like us that are, again, I should stop saying guys like us, fans like us that, that's not my solo. I've seen a lot of those hashtags on Twitter and oh, things like that. Well, you know? You're always going to get that, I think, you know. For sure. Um, but uh, what what I've, since, you know, Force Awakens, it's it feels like, because the people that are making those, making the films now are of our generation, pretty much. Yeah, right. So, fan, fan films made by fans. So, yeah. So they're, they're kind of, you know, almost sort of uh, glorified fan movies. And I think as long as um, they keep picking the right creators, um, it's gonna, it, it should be okay because it's kind of at the moment it's in the hands of fans like us who grew up with it and want it to be a certain way, and want it to have that Star Wars magic about it. They, you want to feel like you're back in that universe again. Um, so all these little touches, you know. Like you say, the 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 music on the on the yacht and all these little background things, little details. It's so important because it is what reconnects you with that universe. 
right and um and makes you feel like yeah this is this is i'm home you know this is star wars this is this is where i want to live this is where it's, i want to be yeah man for it's this, just a good feeling a couple of hours you know i don't know if you're gonna like really share the same opinion with me or not but do you think that things will will just eventually get oversaturated do you think that they can continue this my my thought process is is that you know we've had the lord miller fiasco where they just took them out of the movie and then we also had um Colin, Tre- is it Colin Trevorrow that was going to do uh, episode nine. I believe it's Colin mm-hmm. Trevorrow. You know, they, they didn't like his way of doing things. You know, I'm kind of wondering, do you think that they're, that Disney is sort of putting the kibosh on a lot of that for the purposes of, of monetary gain? Do you, because it seems to me like if you're putting directors into uh, you're asking directors to do a certain role and, and, and make this movie, and they're putting their heart and soul into it and their creativity, but it might be strained from the actual formula that is Star Wars. Do you think it's a conscious decision by by Disney and Kathleen Kennedy to be like, you know, no, 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 you're you're messing with the brand, so we need to keep it this way, so that way we can continue the Star Wars, you know, universe the way that we feel that it should be. Or do you think they're afraid of just taking chances, and that that fear of taking chances is going to ultimately be the demise of the Star Wars universe? Do you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I do. Um, it's it's obviously it's hard to know what goes goes on at that level. Sure, um, you can only kind of sort of hazard guesses, but um, certainly on the Disney front of it, I've been very much encouraged by their approach to the Marvel movies. Um, their choice of they've took some real left field choices for for directors on those films right you know james gunn on guardians of the galaxy was you know nobody was expecting that not even james gunn right and, he ends um, up coming out being one of the boom. stronger directors yeah uh, and taika waititi for for thor ragnarok they they're, they're clearly not afraid to this is disney not afraid to to take these, you know, to give these people these opportunities, and they somebody there clearly smart enough to be able to spot the right talent, you know, Kevin Feige or whoever, or his team or wherever it is. They're, they've made some really, really bold but but brilliantly inspired choices, right back to casting Robert Downey Jr. as as Tony Stark, which kind of kicked it all off and, and immediately made me think as a fan, what a brilliant idea. He's perfect if you know anything about the character. Um, but then, as far as Star Wars goes, obviously that's going through different filters. It's a huge thing. Obviously, they want to make money out of it. Um, but I think I'd like to think they're smart enough to know that they can't do that by alienating the fans. I mean, they kind of go hand in hand. You, know, yeah. you need the fans to have that kind of success. So. Exactly. So why think, would you want to push them away? You know. But there's already been some kickback over the last few days. That I, you know, I've, I've, sort of stuff I've been seeing and hearing online a little bit has been people saying, "Do we need another Star Wars film? Are we already reaching the point where there's too much Star Wars and nobody really cares anymore?" It could be something that's behind the 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 lower than hoped for box office over this weekend. Is that um, is that it's only what five six months since Last Jedi, and yeah, people, people over the last few years have been used to it becoming like a Christmas event, exactly. You know, and then all of a sudden this one's popped out. I mean, I had a friend 
I mean, I haven't spoken to him for, for a long time, but he phoned me up out of the blue because he's moving back to my area. Um, and he's a big Star Wars fan, and we were chatting, and I was like, oh, yeah, he's seen Solo. And he went, oh, is it out? And he's a big Star Wars fan, and he hadn't even picked up on it. I mean, he's not online a lot, but but it, it has. I think it's it's caught a lot of people out. So, oh, what well, I think they were expecting it to be out in December. That might be it. That really could be a reason why the numbers are so low. I think people are in that rhythm, but also, you know, I think, I think there's other factors this weekend as well. Um, you know, there's people are still flocking to see Avengers. Deadpool's only been out for a week or so, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and mm -hmm. that's getting a lot of buzz. Um, there's other non genre movies as well that are, are drawing a lot of attention. So I think it's up against a lot of competition and um, I think it's, probably you know suffered as a result of that i think probably you know a lot of deadpool numbers um and uh, you know still people going to infinity war i think it's going to have an effect but yeah there's people already talking about oh you know it's not special anymore right you, know, you it, go from waiting all those years as we did for anything star wars to come out and now we're getting something six months after the last one and it, and there's a sense i think amongst a lot of fans that the specialness is going it's becoming it's losing that special magic of it being an event it's yeah oh, oh, it's a watered down another, situation here comes another one do you know what i mean you've only just finished talking about the last one and the next one's out totally that yeah. in fact the last jedi conversation hasn't even finished <laughs> you know? very true <laughs> that's still a subject of debate amongst the fans so um and because it's split fandom sort of pretty much 50 50 or maybe even more that you know the majority of people i speak to didn't really dig it i liked it a lot more than i think a lot of other people did um but it is still a talking point and now all of a sudden we've got another one and then obviously there's news that has just come out this week of uh the boba fett movie with uh with, with um, is it James Mangold, the Logan director? Yeah, behind Logan it, director. Which is, that's really exciting because Logan it's very much business. so. And and there's the TV show that's being the, the live action TV show that's that's coming down the pipe. You know, set in the Star Wars universe. So we're going to be getting a lot of Star Wars over the next few years. And I've heard some sort of thing that they've only got till 2020 until the like the license for it all is up for renewal. Oh, is that right? I didn't now, know. That. Now, this is just something I've heard from this guy I was talking to. Was talking to a a, a scaffolder who who's worked on he worked on Force Awakens. Oh wow! Like building sets, and he said that this what this guy told him that they've only got it until twenty twenty. So they're trying to get as much stuff out before the the license is up for somebody else coming in and buying it. I don't know if that's true. I've not heard that anywhere else. That's just a friend of a friend told me. It's like a bloke down the pub said. So I wouldn't give it any credibility at all. But if there is something like that going on, then it would kind of explain why they're like, right, let's get this out. Let's get this out. Let's do all this stuff. Right. They start going into quantity as opposed to quality. Or they risk that, I should say. Yeah, both would be awesome. Tons of great Star Wars. I'm not going to be complaining. Um, but I think, you know, there is, I've listened to a few reviews and read a few reviews and, you know, there is a, a strong sort of sentiment of like, oh, what another Star Wars film? 
Yeah. You know, people already saying it's too much Star Wars. Now that's that's not a phrase I thought I'd ever I'd ever use, and I don't feel that right now. I will say this: I, I think that as as fans that have been around from the beginning, we are used to at the very minimum getting you know a new movie every two to three years minimum. You know, yeah, yeah. Then they went to this route where it's just like bam, 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 and they're throwing them out every year. Mm. Yeah, I think that there is a risk of oversaturation. You know, yeah. And then the other thing is like. I'm totally down with seeing a Boba Fett. I know Boba Fett is not like a, depending on the crowd, the circles that you run with, yeah. uh, e- either Boba Fett is a very coveted character and a very awesome, respected character, mm. or he's kind of a useless character that didn't do anything and, yeah. and basically died, you know, in Jedi. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. I'm not really from that camp, but I, and I'm totally down with seeing a Boba Fett movie. I don't care. You can give me these movies. You can rehash these characters. Just do it correctly. You yeah. know what I mean? Give the fans what they want yeah. and don't do a cash grab. And yeah, I think that's totally. what's scaring a lot of people. I yeah, think yeah. that's exactly what kept people from seeing this one was that, you know, there's just too many people that are still not ready to let go of Harrison Ford. And then like you're saying, we just got a star Wars movie, you know, yeah, yeah. slow it down a little bit. I, I can't, I have no information to, to, you know, validate this or anything, but I do think that if it was me as the, you know, if I was Kathleen Kennedy or if I was Disney, mm. I would I would most certainly take this as a learning lesson right here that maybe we should at least yeah. do it every December. I don't really know why yeah. they picked. I'm sure there's a logical reason why they picked May for this one here, but I have a <clears> feeling that that's going to be something that comes back to them on the next round. Yeah, yeah. And they should definitely keep this as a, as a December thing because, you know, regardless of whether or not we have Avengers or Deadpool or anything like that, this is Star Wars. And yeah, Star yeah. Wars has always been this massive machine, money-making mm. machine. Yeah, yeah. It really surprised me that it didn't do what it was supposed to do this weekend. I found that yeah. very looking around. I mean, I don't know what you saw in your theater, but I saw a lot of empty seats, man. It was very surprising to be there on the fr- opening night. Yeah. There were no lines where I was at. Right. And I went to the theater right. in town, one of the theaters in town where we have the good, you know, the good seats. You can yeah. have a beer in the theater if you want. You know, it's that kind of situation. Right, right. And and it it was I well, and I, you know, you walk down as in any movie theater, you walk in, you walk down the hallway and you turn the corner to see the seats. And yeah. I was like, Whoa, this is interesting. Like right, it's right. comfortable in here, you know? It was really yeah. strange. So yeah. I'm thinking that I'm really hoping, and I think naturally that they're just going to use this as a as a stepping stone in their progress, and and you know shaping it out. Mm. Uh, the Avengers have nine. The, excuse me, the Marvel Universe has 19 movies right now. Yeah, yeah. And Disney has only acquired you know Star Wars, where they this is what their fourth their fourth movie that they've put out. So there's yeah. a learning curve to be. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I, I think that that you know you made a really good point that Marvel has had a way of doing that to keep the fan the fan base interested and and it seems to just be this effect where you just get more and more fans each time mm. depending on the movie of course i know that ant-man yeah. had to struggle a little bit and eventually won a good respect yeah yeah for from most people i'm thinking hopefully that that's what disney's in this phase right now of oh, okay we made a mistake here now let's regroup and figure this out and yeah. and hopefully it's going to be all right yeah. i would say i would like to see more movies that are new stories that aren't related to the saga yeah. only because I think it's natural. It's a natural progression and it should be that way. You know, yeah, yeah. if you want to continue star Wars, continue it because how in the fuck mm. do all these people know each other, bro? You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, a yeah, big, yeah. it's a big galaxy <laughs> yeah, yeah. and everyone knows each other somehow. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, even, and you could really even put that into, well, 
no, not necessarily because this is an, a, an introductory story, but I was going to say, you know, even Kira knowing Lando, but that's how everyone's meeting up this first time. Yeah. We're going to be talking about a certain baddie at the end of this movie. And it's like, oh, you're oh. there too. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like everyone yeah. just knows each other. How convenient, <laughs> you know? So I've always had that in the back of my head, but it's, it's again, it's, it's a very, very minimal complaint. It's something yeah. I'm willing to deal with as long as they keep producing great product, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. That's yeah. hope. So anyway, back to the story, sir. Uh, we are now at the point where they have established that they're going to they're gonna do this mission. They're going to go to Kessel and they're going to invade the spice mines. They're going to get this, this um, coaxium and that's how they're going to pay back the Crimson Dawn. But of course you need a ship to do so, right? So getting back to what I was saying, Kira says that she knows someone that has a ship that can do this here. It's a great ship. Uh, he's got, she, he's a very charismatic person. He's a gambler. He's suave. He's got swagger and he's very handsome. And we know where this is going. <laughs> Introducing ladies and gentlemen, Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. Is there anything this guy can't do? No, it, it drives Steve crazy. It makes me crazy too. Like I'm just jealous of this guy, but there really isn't. I think he did fantastic. He is the man of the moment really, isn't he? Right across the board. Totally. M- just- music, film. Take your pick. Media. You know, that video he just put out, everyone's talking about it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's just, man, this guy's just got it all covered. But yeah, he was great. The voice. Spot on. Nail the voice. You know, he was just watching Colt 45 commercials. (laughs) Back to back. (laughs) Colt 45 commercials. But yeah, he's, um, yeah, he was great. I mean, everyone, everyone in this film was great. You know, the acting, as you said earlier, was, was really top quality um and uh, yeah he was he was brilliant absolutely brilliant and it was great to see because <laughs> you're thinking all right okay yeah um because you, you know he won the you know he won the game he won the ship and all that and you're thinking right and the kind of double way they did that in this movie i thought was really cool yeah i didn't see that one coming yeah 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 that was a nice touch too but yeah no it was great to great to meet him and and again like all the all the all the crazy aliens and stuff in his place. You know, it had that cantina vibe. I really wish that they would have given him more time in this movie. Right. And I, and I'm hoping I'm really, really hoping Like I would completely. Okay. I'm hoping he's going to be back for the sequel because there will be sequels. Man, we know. They've set it up so heavy for sequels, man. Right? They really have. They really well, have. From, from what I understand, I believe that both Amelia Clark and um, Alden Ehrenreich have both like, I don't know if they were supposed to or not, but they have definitely let people know that they are signed on for three movies. Wow. I haven't heard anything from Donald Glover, but yeah. I would assume that's going to be the case. Yeah. I was expecting him to kill it in this movie, and he did. I just didn't think that they gave him tons to work with. He was in it minimally, you know, yeah, in the big yeah. scheme of things. Yeah, he was there, but he was yeah. kind of like always in the background. Yeah. But, you know, one thing that I didn't really take into account until I watched this movie, because I was thinking, well, Lando's not really fighting very much. Lando, you know, there's that one point where everything's going down in, in um, the spice mines, outside of the spice mines, and we got the whole revolt and the Wookiees are running around and everything. Yeah, yeah. And he does that cool scene where he tosses the blaster yeah. to Han, yeah. you know, and they're just shooting. But that's really all the battling that you get with him. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, that's not Han, excuse me, that's not Lando anyway. No. Lando's he's a, always he's been. He's a lover, not a fighter. He's a, exactly, you know. <laughs> Why should I fight when I can talk like this to ladies and make them all? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's hello. Nice. Yeah, you know, that I mean he did that so perfectly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so on first watch though, I was thinking, well, is this just an imitation or is this 
you know, I mean, like, like, yeah. is he really killing it or is this just an imitation? Because I, right. it, I don't feel like I got enough. And after, you know, a couple of days and then again, seeing it just the other day, I'm thinking that it was just enough. It was just enough to make me want more. Yeah. And I, and I'm thinking that I, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing where they go with Lando. Um, I could totally see them doing a Lando movie and doing it right, but they would, it would, because Lando's not so action oriented, they're going to really have to be careful with that. They're going to yeah. have to really write the shit out of that movie to make it good or just include him more in solo sequels. Yeah. And that would be good too, because there's yeah. clearly more going on here. Like I want to know, unless of course, like let's go back to empire. And the very first time that we meet Lando is on the dock of cloud city. Mm. And you know, he tells him something to the effect of, and it, obviously it was a joke, but Han didn't know it at the time. He's like, you mm. should have never come back here. And yeah, you know, yeah, and he's, yeah. so what, what happened? You know, I mean, was he just mad because he lost the ship? Yeah. And that's the last time he saw them. I would like to think that there's more to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's yeah. still much more. And obviously that we can, they can do that now. We can totally just run with this and make Lando this amazing character. Yeah. I really hope they keep Donald Glover in. I hope it was a good experience for him. And I'm hoping that, you know, the lackluster numbers of this weekend are not going to affect that at all, because I think that Lando is definitely a strong character. Yeah. yeah. Um, and speaking of a strong character and Lando, we also get the introduction of L337. I think it's L337. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to tell you, man, I, I I know I usually go, what did you think? But I'm going to tell you straight up. <laughs> I really liked L3. I thought she was a great part of the movie. Yeah. I kind of dug her whole, like, you know, screw this. I mean, it's about droid rights. And, you know, she was very political but and, yeah. and loud. And, you know, and not to mention, she was the first, if I'm not mistaken, the first edition of a female droid in the star Wars universe. You know what I mean? Right, and I right. thought that was actually pretty awesome. Um, yeah. Played by was that Phoebe Waller Cates. I think her name is. Yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts? Did you, did you enjoy her character at all? I did. Yeah. It was funny. It, it sort of follows on from, um, uh, what was his name in rogue one? The You're talking about Alan Mike. Tudyk. Yeah, yeah. Alan yeah. Tudyk's character. Yeah. Yeah. W- which was much more of an up-to-date character, much more of a modern character sarcastic yeah but but sort of coming from an angle that's much more reflective of of um you know things that are going on today in society sure yeah Um, absolutely sort of reflecting that sort of having that commentary so i thought yeah it was it was good it was fun it was refreshing i like the design uh yeah i like the 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 kind of um yeah there was some really really funny moments and some of the sort of (laughs) reactions Again, it was another. It was another character that kind of reacted to what other people were doing in a really good way, in a really funny way. When um, you say when you say design, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but when you're saying design, are you talking about her physical design? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I thought that was actually cool that they they actually made her not only a female voice character, but they made her. She walked like a female. If but yeah, that was it. There was nothing droids, else you know? about her apart from the hips and the way right. and her gait. You know the way that she walked. Yeah, they did give her some type of like breastplate too, you know. Yeah. But um, but no, it worked completely. Yeah, I think she yeah. was a super was... strong part of this movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, this is jumping ahead just a little bit here, but at one point in the movie, L three and Kira are having a conversation on in the the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, and it's like two girls talking basically. And she was, you know, she's like, "So what are you? What are you going to do?" What's your, how are you going to get out of this situation? She's like, what do you mean? She's like, well, you know, you've clearly got the mark that says that you're taking. 
you're taken rather, right. but you've got this young man over here that's clearly in love with you. What are you going to do? So it's just, they're just like two girls talking. And I, I thought it was cool. You know I mean? Yeah, and even yeah. for like, for like female star Wars fans, I think that's important, you know, because yeah. there are more and more female star Wars fans. I think it's nice to just kind of get away from the boys club every once in a while and give yeah, them yeah. something too, you know? But what got me about this particular scene was something that she said. So they're talking about, she's like, yeah, well I'm in the same situation. You know, uh, I don't know if you know, but, Lando's really into me and, and, <laughs> yeah. and I just don't think I feel that way about him at all. It's just like, you know, and sometimes I think maybe, but then, you know, no. And then Kira asks the question, she says, uh, she goes, uh, but how would, it, how would it work? And she just like stops and goes, it works. So Johnny, <laughs> pardon my language, Johnny, but I think Lando's fucking L3. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Like, did you get that impression? <laughs> And you know, the really sick part of about it, bro, is I was actually like, when they showed L3, I'm looking for visual, like, I don't want to get too into it. I'm thinking to myself, where? Yeah, how does this work? Thank you very much. Yeah. You know, and it just, I just found that hilarious. But I do know that they, there was something floating around that they were trying to establish that Lando's, you know, pansexual or whatever. And I don't know if that was just more in jest or whatever. Yeah, I kind of saw the headline. I didn't look any further than that. Because I did, yeah. I've, I've been trying to avoid spoilers, but um, I didn't really catch any of that from it, really. I guess maybe that's what they were alluding to. But... You didn't think that was the case? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't really catch it. I sort of, uh, I kind of sort of chuckled, and then it, I think something happened pretty quickly after that scene, and and I sort of moved on. But uh, yeah, I never, I didn't sit and sort of reflect on that. Maybe when when I watch it tomorrow night, I'll definitely uh, take more of that in. <laughs> on my eyes, Johnny, those two are screwing. I'm telling you right now, when you watch this again, you will see that that I really feel that that's what on the second viewing, like I made it a point yeah. to really like lock into that. And I yeah, really yeah. think that that's what they were going for. I just found right, it. Funny, right, yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. So there is a bit coming up um, that I actually missed. Um, and it was a really key bit. So um, when we get to that point, I might have to say, right, okay, you need to, well, talk we about won't this spoil that own. part for you. Yeah. We won't spoil <laughs> that for you. No problem whatsoever. Um, Okay, well, we'll move along. Let's see. So, you know, they've met up with Lando and they, they do the, the infamous Sabat game. And mm. like you said, I was, that was actually a surprise that that wasn't the key scene where he actually, you know, wins the Falcon. Yeah, yeah. We found out why he doesn't win the Falcon. Yeah, yeah. And we get to that a little bit later. I really like the scene where they go into the port and, you know, Hondo's like, or Hondo, Lando is like, uh, you know, yeah, this is my ship. Isn't she a beaut? And I really liked how Han looked. You know, like looking at this thing, like, oh, this is this is the one. Like he had, yeah, you saw yeah. that. You see that in the trailer too. Yeah. But yeah. just that look on his face, like this is where I need to be. This is my yeah. ship. You know. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. I love the introduction of the Falcon. I liked the clean look that it had. You know, because it yeah, was a yeah. newer. It was a newer ship. You know. Um, so this is this is the bit I, I need to explain. Oh. I, okay. I, I I saw the ship, and I was like, oh, cool. It's it, something about it, it looks different. And then I was like, oh, right. It hasn't got, it's got a thing in the middle there at the front. Yes. And I didn't know what that was. I thought, I can't wait to see what that is. A bit later on in the film, I'm not going to lie. I was busting for a piss. And I, <laughs> I just couldn't hang on any longer. And, and I ducked out. I ran to the, the toilet. It was closed for, it was out of order. So I had to go all the way downstairs to the one downstairs. Oh, that's the worst. And then run all the way back up again. And by the time I got back, 
the Falcon looks like it looks now. And I'm like, Got oh, it. fuck, I missed yeah. the <laughs> So. <laughs> you walked out I, of the Kessel Run, sir? Oh, mate, honestly, I couldn't hang on any longer. I didn't want to. I didn't really didn't want to, but it was either that or it would have been bad. Okay, well, I, I'm glad I, that you told I, me I that because I, 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 so I almost ruined that for you. So yeah, I'm glad any, that you told anything me that. to do with that bit, I can't really discuss. No worries whatsoever. We can dodge around it just fine. So, uh, aren't we glad we had John on, everybody? <laughs> can't even talk about the movie. No. <laughs> Old piss boy over here couldn't, couldn't handle it. <laughs> oh, Captain Weak Bladder. <laughs> no, man, I had the same experience at the first viewing of Avengers. I right. was with a buddy of mine, and we decided to knock a couple of back before going in. Always. Yeah. Always yeah. a bad idea because yeah. I, I ran, I missed like three key parts of that movie by running. Right. So I totally right. get respect that. And yeah. we, we, we'll do just fine, man. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah. No, no I, worries whatsoever. Yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> I'll see it tomorrow. <laughs> there you go. We'll talk about it then. So even, now that we can't talk about the best part of the movie, guys, we'll just move along. <laughs> just joking. Um, but yeah, getting back to that, what I was going to say is that, yeah, I, I don't know why I didn't notice it the first time. I didn't notice it in the trailers. I didn't notice it on the poster. I'm like, why does the Falcon look different? Mm. And of course, there is a very good reason why. So we're going to let you figure that out on your own, man. And of course, if you've seen the movie and you're this far into it, you've clearly seen the movie. Um, we know why. And I thought that was actually very cool. So now we are in motion. Did you see when they left the port? Did you see that part? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was literally it was literally the midpoint of the Kessel Run thing. Wherever what happened to that thing happened. Any guesses? Uh, I kind of thought it might be some kind of um, like um, it, it's it's clearly not like a hole that's been it's not damaged, so it's something that must come out. So I'm thinking like an escape pod or something like that. Okay, all right. Well, you'll find but, out soon enough. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was there, and then it wasn't there, and that's the bit I missed. So now we've got our plan. We are ready to go. We are on our way to Kessel. And during this scene, this is where we get to see a lot more of just like the inside of the Falcon. More than we've ever seen before. Yeah. You know, we realize that uh, Lando has a cape room. You know, <laughs> that was kind of dope. <laughs> you know, we see where all the magic happens in his bed. And again, we see, you see his bed. And of course yeah. we see the. And I've always, I've always forgotten the name of the game but we see the the table you know yeah, yeah. where the infamous shot of chewy yeah yeah where he's getting pissed off and he's it's really funny because he's playing this and he's already pissed off at this game i thought that was a nice little <laughs> yeah, touch you know? it was yeah you know he's like bashing the thing and and uh, yeah. tobias is like you know you can't do that it's a, it's a hologram it's not doing anything you know yeah yeah chewy just being classic chewy i just thought that was a really strong scene you know i liked seeing the inside of the Falcon mm. from a different perspective that we haven't seen before. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All nice and pristine and yeah. Clean the way it should nice. be, man. Yeah. Yeah. Which, is, you know, obviously doesn't keep that feature very long. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't look so <laughs> nice for very long, but yeah. um, you know, it is what it is. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think we're skipping ahead. And even if we do, that's okay. Because this again was supposed to be a 20 minute podcast, but uh, now we're, we're actually in Kessel and to get to Kessel though, you have to go through the maelstrom, as they call it. Mm. Again, stop me, John, if I'm saying something that you know doesn't doesn't sound familiar to you. Yeah. But you know, L three is she's twofold. You know, she's got this amazing navigational system, but she's also got this attitude. Yeah. And yeah. you know, Lando's even saying like, "Yeah, I would have, I would have actually, you know, wiped her brain if it wasn't for this amazing navigational system <laughs> that she has." Yeah. When we finally get onto Kessel, they're gonna pretend that Chewie and Han are again 
prisoners, you know, and they're, they're all binded up and everything. Did you happen to notice what Tobias was wearing in this scene? Did it seem familiar to you at all when he comes out as the guard? Oh, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, yeah. Lando just might have like all this shit that he just keeps in this one storage area because he busted. <laughs> yeah. It's an oldie, but a goodie, obviously, because it comes back, <laughs> yeah. you know, many years yeah. later. Yeah, that but, was great. Um, that was a nice little touch. Again, another Easter egg that maybe that most people I'm sure caught, but a lot of people didn't. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was actually very cool. Uh, but th I thought this was another really strong scene, you know, and it actually went on for quite some time because we've we've got, you know, they're they're having to get into the spice mines. Uh, Kira is pretending to be like part of the enslavement team that is now trading these guys for their spice, basically. Yeah. And when they finally get in, this is where L3 really becomes liberated. And she, you know, she finds out that she's trying to talk to a droid. And she's really not down with the the lack of equal rights, you know. <laughs> yeah. It was just funny how like her her whole mentality was like she's talking to the droid and the droid's not answering her, and she's like, "Restraining bolts, how primitive, you know." Like she, yeah, she, yeah. She's clearly not having any of this like enslavement of droids, yeah. and she sparks this massive mutiny, basically, or yeah, you know, revolution yeah, yeah. as she called it. And I yeah. just like that whole thing. I like the droids that were just finding their way. You know, like once you got the first one free, yeah. she's like, I don't know, get away from me, but go free your brothers and sisters, you know? And then it was a nice distraction, as, as they called it, so that Han and Chewie could do their thing. They actually do end up getting their coaxium. And in the process of doing so, we come across other Wookiees. Did you ha notice anything weird about those Wookiees at all? They look kind of different. The main one that uh, we saw most of looked... Quite different, yeah. What I saw was that they were, they were hairless, in the face at least. You know, some people were saying that maybe it was just like a, you know, they just put like, it was cheap practical effects and they didn't put a lot of detail into it. But I don't think that was no, it at all. I, I think, think that it had to do, that. you know, I'm always quick to defend scenes like that. But to me, it's, it kind of seems like, you know, maybe they were like emaciated and mm. they were losing hair and they were getting like mains for lack of a better word yeah 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 because of being in the you know in the dark like that all the time and just being yeah. abused and malnourished and everything so i, I was yeah. forgiving with that and i just took yeah. that as that was simply part of it and i actually kind of mm. like i was really wish that they would have showed it a little bit more because i'm trying to figure out what chewbacca would look like if yeah. he was hairless which would probably yeah, yeah. be terrifying really you know yeah kind of had like a chaka from the land of the lost thing going on right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i'm really i'm really glad you got that reference right there <laughs> yeah do you know who that uh, Wookiee was played by? The one that was helped, like the one where he bumps heads with him? Do you know who yeah, that was? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know who that was. So from what I understand, that Wookiee, and obviously they had to put some stilts on him or something like that, that was played by Anthony Daniels. Anthony Daniels was in this movie. Seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Anthony Daniels. Wow. And the, the Wookiee's <clears throat> name was Tak, T-A-K. You know, he managed to sneak in one. I'm really kind of glad that it wasn't C-3PO because I'm actually tired of that character. So, But it was nice that they added him <laughs> to it, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's nice. And it was actually kind of dope to see, you know, the Wookiees working with each other in a different environment. Like, I really wanted to see Kashyyyk. I was kind of disappointed that they didn't show that planet. But still, it was actually really cool to see, like, that family element that they had and how they how mm. they showed love for each other by bumping their heads together and all of that, you know? Yeah. Chewie takes off. He's not having them getting tortured like that. And he actually yeah, yeah. just completely, you know, deviated from the plan to yeah, say, yeah. you know, it, it showed again, it just showed how strong of a character Chewie actually is, you yeah, know, and totally. it just made him that much more great for this. And this is where, you know, uh, L3 is just going apeshit, yelling revolution and just really, I guess, really enjoying the shit out of herself. Yeah. And unfortunately, she ends up getting shot. Yeah. I don't know if this is going to seem weird to you or not, but I felt for Lando in this scene. 
I know that yeah. seems weird, yeah. but this is where Donald does what Donald does. And mm. he really was able to like thoroughly convince me that he was distraught that L3 had died. The way he runs in the battle to get her and the way, you know, it was also kind of comical where he's trying to like lift her up and he rips off half of her body, you know? He's like telling her not to die. And when she finally like, she's like, what's happening to, and she just completely goes. Mm. And he's like resting his head on her head and everything. I don't know, man. I I was sold. I thought it was really effective. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I also learned something. I had heard a little something about this and maybe this is commonplace for you, but I was not aware. Well, let me, let me set it up. They actually decide that because they're in the maelstrom they're they're locked this is where i have to be very careful and stop me if you don't know what i'm talking about but do you know how they navigated through the system and what they did with l3 yeah they they downloaded her navigation stuff yeah yeah right yeah i don't know how long that piss was john so i'm trying not to ruin anything for you (laughs) i was getting towards the point but yeah i was still there at that point it was actually pretty awesome how they were able to take her navigational system and make her she's sentient and she's yeah, she's you know, part she's, of the Falcon. Sort she's of thing. part of the Falcon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. Have you ever heard any of that before? No. I heard a couple of things, or read actually a couple of things on Twitter, but they were very vague. That it's not just her, but the Falcon is actually comprised of three different droids. Oh, okay. And so the Falcon essentially is sentient. Right, right. And I, and I, th- I just thought that was a really cool touch, something that I never would have considered. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that's in like extended universe stuff or, or what, yeah. or expanded universe. But really cool. It makes me kind of want to go back and read the books. But I've tried a couple of times, and man, they're lengthy. I don't know. It's just uh, they're really hard for me to read, and that's usually why I've always stopped trying to read the Star Wars books. Yeah, no, I've I've not read them myself. Yeah, so it, but it does make me kind of want to go back and research a little bit because there's mm. just some cool things that I never realized were there that apparently yeah. have always been there. This is not new. They just finally gave the fans what they wanted when it right, came right, right. in a different way, I guess. But um, very cool scene. Uh, and this is where, you know, they're timed on this here because this is all unrefined coaxium. It's very important that they keep it, you know, cool and, and mm. deliver it fast or else it could just completely, we've, we've seen what coaxium can do to a mountain. Yeah. So I can only yeah. imagine what it would do to the Millennium Falcon, you know? Yeah, yeah. But this is where we began the escape and the crossover into the Maelstrom. Now, unfortunately, folks, I'm not going to go into this too much. Uh, I will say that, it, and I'm not even fucking with you, John, I promise. <laughs> no, you go, you go ahead and talk about it. I'll take my headphones off, and you give me a nod when you're done. Fair enough. Okay. Good old Skype. All right, sounds good. All right, go for it. All right, guys, I'll make this quick. So I thought that what they did here was really awesome. I, I loved the entire chase scene through the Maelstrom. Um, I liked how you know the Star Destroyer looked. They were just assuming that they'd fly under the radar of that because you know that's why would they do that? He used to Han said he's used to work for the Empire and they're not going to pay attention to something like this. And right off the bat, we see like multiple Tie Fighters coming after them, and it creates this amazing chase scene that was very reminiscent to me of like the Empire Strikes Back asteroid belt scene. Um, all of it was awesome. I loved the, I don't even know what that thing was, but that big octopus squid like beast that was chasing them. And, and, uh, now that John has the microphone or his headphones off, I can actually say that what they did, what John was talking about uh, with the millennium Falcon and how, in fact, it, why it looked different, I thought was amazing. I love that that was actually an escape pod and how they were able to distract that beast by shooting off the escape pod into the maw, as it was called. And that's how they defeat this thing. I want to get back to talking to John, but that again, I will say that this was one of my favorite parts of this the story. I thought it was flawless. Nothing bad to say about it at all. And I thought that it was probably my my favorite action scene, even more so than the train. That said, I'm going to wave this guy down when he's looking, and we will go ahead and get back to it. 
I'll tell you this, John, I really was probably my favorite scene. Awesome. And it's something that I've been dying to see, as we've all been dying well, to see yeah, for the I longest know. time. Imagine how I felt. <laughs> the most costly piss I've ever had. When you're running down the hall and you and you like go to the bathroom that's not working or whatever, and you have to run, are you like, are you like, fuck me? Then it was out of order. I was like, you're joking me. Yeah, yeah. Of all scenes, right? Yeah. But yeah. I will tell you this, man. At least in my opinion, that all pays off very well. Yeah, great. I mean, the good thing about it is, and thank you for 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 not spoiling it. And my friend didn't spoil it for me either. Um, the good thing is, um, I was gutted I couldn't see it with my son, but he had school the next day, so he couldn't go to a midnight showing. So I told him, look, there's a really big bit in the film that I didn't see, so we're gonna see that bit together when we watch that's it together awesome. do you know what i mean and oh yeah my dad. that's awesome so, so it's kind of cool to have that to look forward to tomorrow night to to see that last bit that i didn't see no you're and trust me man it's it's well <laughs> it's well worth it just don't just, <laughs> don't drink water before you oh, go, don't or, worry, or, no, piss, or go yeah. take a piss right on something yeah. that one of the slower yeah. scenes or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah yeah i'll know where to go next time so then you did see their escape from the maelstrom then and yeah. how they managed to come across that by utilizing one drop of the coaxium to, you yeah. know, into the blah, blah, into, blah. Into, to... into the thrusters or whatever. And it just went boom out of that tiny. And he did the little, the yeah. little twisty maneuver. Yeah, yeah. Actually got it right this time. Yeah, you know? yeah. That was awesome. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but it's not really a spoiler. I've seen it on trailers. I did like that Han, you know. It was, it was a nice nod to the originals where he, you know, he's optimistic this time. He's like, I've got a good feeling about this. I've got a really good feeling about this. I loved that. I thought that was great. Yeah, 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 exactly. That was a lovely little flip. Because that's like the last time you know he's ever going to say that again, you know? <laughs> yeah. That was great. That was good. I don't know. Maybe I'm liking this movie more than I really gave it. Maybe it's more of like in a four out of five and a three out of five because I'm finding myself talking about this movie and it, rather enjoying it. You know, You're I mean? feeling fondness for it now. Yes, I'm reflecting on it. You know, yeah, in truth, he, I don't know how many times I'm going to watch this movie. Uh -huh. Part of me kind of wants to go back and see it again. I'm just a three movie guy when it's something yeah, I really yeah, me like. Too, me I'm too. a three movie guy. I go yeah, see yeah, it. Yeah. And I think there is something to be lost, you know, by watching it on the small screen. So I, maybe I'll go back again. Yeah. It's one of those things where I know that I liked it. I don't know. I'm going to say this. I don't think I'm repeating myself. I'm going to ask you a question and then I'll give you my answer. Okay. Do you think this movie is better than Rogue One? No, but I don't think it's worse. Okay, fair enough. That's that's all I can say right now. <laughs> you know, I think that they they both have things that are like great attributes to them. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're very different films despite being set in the same in the same universe. They're very different. Absolutely. I mean, this, this is essentially a heist movie and a chase movie. Yeah. Rogue One's a war story, you know. Right. Proper, full on, really the the, the true Star Wars war story so far. So uh, very different. Yeah, that was some of the best Star Wars like war footage that we've oh, seen was in Rogue oh. One, and I think that's what makes it such a fine movie. It was incredible. That said, John, the rewatchability on that one isn't there for me. I don't know what it is. Like I've tried to sit yeah. down because it's on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. You know, so if if, I, if I'm searching Netflix and I'm just simply looking for something to mindlessly put on, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, why wouldn't it be a Star Wars movie? Yeah. And I just find that when I'm watching that movie, I tend to end up going, oh, I just woke up and I just uh, missed about 20 minutes of it. I I, I don't know what it yeah. is about that one. The yeah, rewatchability I, is not high. No, definitely not. I mean, I've, I've got the Blu-ray and I've watched it once, which is 
you know, I normally would have watched it at least a couple more times by now. Um, I've seen segments of it quite a few times, you know, I've sort of caught bits of it when other people are watching and sort of come in and saw parts of it again. But um, yeah, I think, I don't know, I think I'm possibly more inclined to watch this one more often than, than Rogue One. Because I think this, the nature of the Rogue One story, it, it's very impactful. Um, but it's very much one story. It's got a beginning and it ends, it's, and that's it. There's, whereas this one seems to be setting things up for a trilogy. Sure, it's very open So it's kind of, you know, there's there's more forward momentum at the end of this film. Whereas with Rogue One, it's it's got the most definite ending to, <laughs> you know, that a film could yeah. have. You know, ending ending is definitely a good word for that movie. So I think that I think maybe it doesn't lend itself to to repeat viewing because of that because it's um because I don't know it it just but then you know we've been talking about parts of it today it, you know referring back to it and I'm thinking yeah I want to watch Rogue One again <laughs> so maybe I will too yeah. I don't know. it's gonna be a slow work night I gotta watch something but I think I think it's less fun than this film you know, it's yes. like, it's a more serious tone, and, most um, definitely, and and brilliant for that. But I think with with the more serious movies, don't tend to. You know, um, somebody asked me the other day, "Is there a film you've ever seen once and wouldn't watch again that you thought was great, but but was 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 a difficult watch that you wouldn't watch again?" Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't sure. say it's gone that it's that far for me. It was Schindler's List. It was a film that I. Saw once, thought was amazing, but I'm not going to sit through that again. You know, it's just, it's just super heavy. But um, I, I'm not putting it on that level. But there's definitely a darkness and a and a less fun vibe um, with Rogue One, which I guess you need to be in a certain mood to watch it. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And it really couldn't go any other way, considering what that was all about <laughs> and what it sets yeah. up. You know what I mean? So it. it for what it is, I find it to be a really great movie, but I, I, I guess it's, I think you're hitting the nail right on the head. I think it's just so dark and it, well, the way that it goes, it doesn't really set up for me the willingness to, to want to watch it again, you know? And, yeah. I, and I only saw that one, one time in the theater, whereas I went okay. two days in a row for solo. Yeah, Granted, yeah. I didn't have a podcast at the time where I was going to talk about it or so I probably right. would have done that again, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I will say that I definitely see myself watching this one more so than rogue one you know for sure yeah, i'll definitely yeah. watch this one several more times i don't yeah. know how many more times and i don't know if it, at some point i'll my opinion will change again but yeah. i think that i think i'm i may watch it one more time in the theater just for the hell of it and then i think i'll probably end up putting it down for a while to keep it special for the yeah. next time i watch it you know what yeah, I mean? yeah yeah because i kind of went ape shit with last jedi i i i watched that movie so many times man and i just got to, i mean i can still watch it i know i'm probably one of the unpopular no i'm with you that. man i'm with you on that i think it's probably yeah. me and you <laughs> but you know as as with anything too much of a good thing can actually be bad so i, I yeah, put that yeah. one down in particular yeah, um, yeah by the way did you happen i'm sorry guys this is unrelated but did you happen to watch that uh the director in the jedi yet on your Blu-ray? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. But I have got the Blu-ray now to watch it. Oh. I've, I've simply not got around to it yet, but I'll watch Brother, it, take the time. It's, yeah, it's yeah. so good. And I'm yeah, really yeah. looking forward on your, to your thoughts on that. Yeah, I'll let you know, man. 
Cool, cool. So back to it. Uh, we are now, and and the, the name that I couldn't think of before was actually uh, the planet of Savarine. That's where Chewie uh, was suggesting that they go to refine the coaxium. Yeah. So now, after this amazing escape scene that we can't talk about very much, <laughs> we end up on the planet of Savarine. This is where Han kind of comes out a little bit more, like Harrison Ford Han comes out a little bit more here. I really found mm. that uh, Alden Wright did a fantastic job just embodying him, you know what I mean? And there was a couple of particular spots. Yeah. You know, because, you know, we, Han is, is uh, he's a scoundrel. He's a, he will lie if he has to. We've seen him do it many times to get out of situations and things like that. Yeah, but yeah. when, you know, when they, they're there, they get the, the coaxium, into the refinery and they're going to go up to the top of the hill to collect it. And suddenly we hear Beckett. We turn yeah, around yeah, yeah. and now we're about to get down with Emphasis Nest. And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. here we go. Because yeah, I yeah, saw yeah. what he did. I, yeah. I emphasis. I saw what he did is what I thought on yeah. the train. Oh, the fighting, the fighting moves that he had on the train. Oh, incredible. I was like, whoa, you don't mess with this dude. I loved how Han was trying to pull off the, he's like, you see that ship down there? <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah. right now we got 30 people that can come over here and surround yeah, yeah. you. And of course, Lando, who's completely pissed because he, he, you saw what he did to the Falcon. Yeah, and yeah. he tells him that too. He's like, I just want yeah. my money. I'm going to yeah, go yeah. wait for my money and you yeah. bring it to me and then we're done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's like, I tells him I hate you. He tells him, but he says, uh, he says, yeah, right now they can just be here as I snap my finger and surround you. And that's when Lando decides to completely screw that plan up and just take off. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. leave them stranded right there, which I thought yeah. was a hilarious scene. Yeah, yeah. But classic Han. He's a big talker, and then suddenly everything goes wrong, and he's got to get himself out of that situation. Exactly. That's what I love about Han Solo. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're all fine. How are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to that point, yeah. There was just a couple of, of scenes. Yes, dude, exactly. I heard you say it the first time, but it just clicked right now when you said that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's one of those moments. There was just certain times that, like, the faces that he was making in these scenes. mm the way he would stand or the way he'd lean up against the wall That's or something it, yeah, like yeah. that, you know, that were so clear cut different than the rest of the movie. Mm. And I don't know, I don't know if it's him studying, you know, watching the movies and standing in front of a mirror and doing that thing or yeah, the way yeah. he poses when he shoots, you know, yeah, um, yeah. you know, uh, you guys can't see me like stepping away from the mic when I'm trying to do this, which was nothing near what Han Solo does, but you get the <laughs> idea, John, you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, no, I was thinking and, it. Thank you, man. But yeah, I just I just loved all of that, and I, I thought that scene was cool. And then it took sort of a weird turn, and it has nothing to do with the reveal. Emphis Ness now takes off the mask, and we now discover that it's not some threatening man, but actually a semi-petite woman. We find out the story of the Cloud Riders, basically, which is that they are a, another ragtag team yeah. of outlaws that have banded together against the Empire because the Empire is either killed off the pop their population and taken everything from them or just mm. taking something from them and has left them wrong to the point of you know wanting revenge yeah but this this is what sets up the whole cloud rider thing you know and and they're they're clearly against the crimson dawn and they want to use the coaxium to i, I guess fund their war is that really what they were doing right is, yeah, that, yeah. is that how you took it yeah, they so just needed all it. that yeah, yeah. yeah to, to fund their war against the the empire it just sort of took me into a different direction. I was expecting something different from Emphis Nest. And yeah. that's why, so Emphis Nest immediately went with just the, the simple, you know, removal of a helmet. Yeah. Became way less threatening. Yeah. And it was just, it just sort of shifted the whole thing. I mean, like we were calling him he because that's who we thought that's who it was. Yeah. But he, at the time, was down to just kill anyone for the purposes of getting that coaxium on the train, for instance, yeah, yeah. you know? 
And then suddenly we find out that it was just this weird shift to where she was actually a compassionate person that had a whole backstory. And I guess, you know, I guess in the time of war and necessity, you're going to do what you need to do to make that all work. And I think that's kind of how they went with that. Yeah. It didn't really it didn't take me out of it or anything like that. It just sort of threw me into a whole different direction and, yeah, and, totally. uh, and thought process for Emphis Nest, you know? Yeah, it did it did for me. And that's the thing I'm that that gear shift really spun me out. And I I it, it's not that I didn't like it. I I, I I like it when Star Wars surprises me. That's why I like The Last Jedi. Right. <laughs> In a nutshell. Um But I didn't know quite what to make of it and um again it's something i'm looking forward to seeing again tomorrow sort of going in with the knowledge of of who that character is from from the beginning and then sort of tracking the way that she behaves throughout the film until we realize might might make it all maybe sort of smooth it all out and connect it all up a little bit more for me but um yeah it it was a bit it was a bit jarring but it didn't it didn't not not so much that it knocked me out the film but um but it was a left turn I wasn't expecting. You know what, man? I just realized something. And it's all kind of like the, a good time to talk about these things because we sort of overlooked two major Easter eggs that are not necessarily centered around Emphis Nest, but happen at the time. Where like the, the reveals are there. Right. One of them would be on the train. Right. And it had nothing to do with Emphis Nest. It actually had to do with Val. We sort of skipped over this part, so I just want to bring it back for just a second. Yeah. Was that we there was a major Easter egg dropped right there. And it was so subtle but wonderful. And it's when Val is disappointed in the fact that, that Tobias chose Han and Chewie as a crew members when he really should have chose Bosk. I thought yeah, that was yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah man. Sorry yeah. to go back so far yeah, for no, that, but yeah, we need yeah, to no, say that. was that. a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I caught that. I was like, oh, oh, oh. plus I've got a friend who's a drummer in a band called Bosk. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Bosk is always somebody that I really wanted to see, you know, more than just someone looking down going like i wanted to see like live action boss yeah i think we're gonna get it man i really think that uh, well well, actually and then getting back to another one on the on the um the yacht when Mm. tobias i think no it's actually lando i think that says to tobias correct me if i'm wrong i'm pretty sure it's lando that's like oh you're tobias beckett you killed ara singh that was amazing are you familiar with ara singh no Okay, you are, but you but you don't know. Right. So let's go back to episode one. It's going to be hard to picture if you don't know who you were looking for. But Aura Singh was a bounty hunter, right. female bounty hunter that actually. Oh right, yeah, 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 with a long gun. Yeah, and all she's like pretty much white with like, she was this, like, like red. She had that whole and, chase thing with Ben Kenobi. Oh no 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 no! You're thinking of the the one that was a little more the one that uh, ended up dying. Is yeah. that the one you're talking about? No 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 no. Aura oh, Singh. No, no, Hang on, was she was she was she in the Clone Wars cartoons? I believe she was. Now I didn't watch a lot of the Clone Wars cartoons, but like, I know um, that they tall, pale with a tall, like, red pale, mohawk. bald. Yes, yeah, that's yeah, her. yeah, yeah. I know the one. So, yeah, yeah. so they dropped her name on this here, right? And she was also like they they made her they did a live action version of her in Episode One during the pod race. That's so. right, that's right. And she's yeah, standing yeah. above everyone like while she's watching it. So that's our yeah, yeah, yeah. Got you. So she apparently raised Boba Fett to some degree after Django died. 
Right, okay. So she's going to be a major part of this. And now that they're doing the Boba Fett movie, it only makes right. sense that they're going to do these things. And Bosk was also someone okay. that helped raise Boba Fett. Yeah. So I'm thinking that we're going to end up getting like this awesome rogue gallery movie. Yeah, yeah. At least at least that's what I'm hoping for. I yeah. want to see IG-88. I want to see Dengar. I want to see all of these guys <laughs> Dengar. brought to life, man. You know, <laughs> Dengar with the toilet paper all over yeah, his face. Yeah, with a nappy on you know? his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. diaper. So... <laughs> but that's something that I thought that I, I meant to bring that up earlier because it's important. I think that that's I'm hoping that's where they go. I would love to see that as part of at least if not in the in the Boba Fett movie as part of the Han sequels right, where we right. get to see these characters come to life and do what yeah. the, we've always known that they could or read about that they could do. So yeah, sorry yeah. to jump back, but I felt that that was important that we needed to bring it back up. Yeah, there. yeah. No, nice one, man. So back to Emphis Nest. Uh, this is where we we Han and Emphis Nest now have uh, all the team, I should say, have kind of established somewhat of an alliance and they are they are going to do this plan where they're going to actually they're going to go they're going to do Voss dirty they're going to yeah. take that coaxium and they're going to they're going to fake him out yeah, so that's yeah. where we are we end up back on the barge again and uh han goes in with kira and this is where we find out that even though they mentioned it before kira was a lot closer to Voss than they actually ex- you know expected it her to be yeah we find out she's a little bit of a badass mm. and she's, you know, like she's a huge rep- representative of this here. And, and I don't want to like go too spoilery on it yet, but this is where, you know, um, they, they have now presented, like they have the coaxium in these empty, excuse me, in these, uh, cases that they're bringing it to them. Yeah. And boss is like, Oh, that's amazing. Great job. Uh, why don't you go ahead and bring one to me? Mm. So Han like takes one out and he's like, you sure you want me to do this? Like, this is really explosive. He's like, I only ask once. Yeah, so yeah. Han takes it over to him and he's like, this is amazing. And he's holding it. He's like, but tell me, how did you do it? How did you? And he's like, oh, how do you mean? How did I do it? He's like, well, how did you make it look so real? Yeah, yeah. And that's where we go, okay. And then the story flips again now. Yeah, yeah. And this is where we understand that, you know, he's like, I know this is fake. He's like, well, how mm. do you know it's fake? And of course, these are all my words. He's like, because I have my informant told me. Pan over to the door. Who opened the door? Opens up, and now we've got Tobias standing there. Yeah, Tobias man. has now twisty, done twisty. them dirty. Double cross, man. You know, yeah, and he man. told him he's like, I told you, rule number one: trust no one. But there's just like a whole bunch of double crossing going on. Right yeah, here, you yeah, know? yeah. Because in this time, you know, we establish that oh, we go back and we see that that uh, Voss's crew are actually opening up containers that are completely empty. They yeah. pass into him, tell them that they're empty, and he's like, oh, you're trying to screw me over. And that's where things get busy. And this little battle happens. And Tobias thinks that he has the upper hand. He's like, I'm going to go ahead and just take all of this now mm. and go. And I'm taking big guy with me. So he takes Chewie yeah. and they take off, you know, which leaves Voss and Kira and Han alone to do this, this battle. Mm. We all know what happens here. If you've seen the movie, you know, um, it looks like everything's going the right way. And Voss actually loses the battle. Kira takes him out. And very cool, by the way. I'm not going to break it down how, but she does a very good job of yeah, like yeah. taking him out. There is one thing I noticed, and I don't think this was intentional. Uh, and tell me if you notice this next time. Okay. Let's go back to Infinity War, okay? All right. Vision dies. Yeah. What happens to Vision when he dies? We talked about this. Yeah, yeah. He grays out, doesn't he? He grays out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking Voss does the same thing. Yeah, Mark yeah. my words. When he yeah. does that, he goes, I don't know if that was just a little nod. I doubt it, but yeah. very weird. Like, why would, does he just go gray when he lies down? I don't know what it is, but he was like, in fact, gray very quickly. Yeah, so right. just a little, another little thing I noticed. Well, I like that. That's one of the things I really liked about Voss was that the scarring on his face 
or the markings or whatever they were, when they got redder, when he got angry. Yes. That was such a cool touch. It was done really subtly, but the more furious he got, the, the redder they became. And then you'd see them cooling down as he chilled back down again. It was really good. I, really I didn't that. even notice that the first time. I noticed it the second yeah. time around. But right, yeah, you're right. absolutely right. That was a very, very cool touch. Yeah, no, that was a really good touch and a brilliant performance from Bettany. It was great. The threat and of, of violence and 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 stuff that he had was great. He really that controlled sort of uh, power that he had was really awesome. He and was yeah, super and, convincing and, and, too. And, his, and those awesome laser knife things were, were, were really cool. So Tobias has taken off. He's he's gone. We have now lost Beckett. So really, everything should be going just right. Like you know, the the two lovers are back together again, and they're going to go and yep. take off and ride off into the sunset. Now again, I, and I don't think you share this opinion, but this is again where I feel that there was a little bit of lazy writing involved, is because you knew what was coming. I found it kind of weird, like, oh, you went there? That's how you do it? You know, the whole part where she's like, well, let's go. Tell you what, Han, you go first. I'm right behind you. Yeah. Immediately, I went, ah, oh, okay. Alarm she's bells. Double cross. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think they could have done that better. It's never good when someone you know? says that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But they could have done that better. It could have been a very subtle, close the door behind him or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and she, Whatever. Yeah, but Yeah, it was, it was signpost a bit heavy. Yeah, I don't know if that was just like, hey, we're rushed for time, guys. Let's close it up. But yeah. that's the impression that it gave me. It was just yeah. a little bit lazy. But yeah. it kind of made up for it with what comes next. Oh, boy, did it. So now they're separated by a door. And Han doesn't, isn't even aware that she's going to double cross him yet. Mm. He, she, he's thinking that she's just getting her clothes together and they're going to take off on this barge and everything's going to be fine. He's just going back to get Chewie. Yeah. This is where it gets nuts. So this is something I just did not see coming, but I got super, super excited about this because I always thought that what I'm about to talk about never got a fair shot in the cinematic universe. Absolutely. She uh, she takes the ring that Voss has been wearing, which is also the same mark that she has on her arm. She takes mm. the ring off of Voss, puts it on, and goes up to this console, plugs it in. She like punches it in and then like turns her, her wrist. And the next thing mm. you know, we have a hologram up. And there's this deep, oh, yeah. ominous voice that's talking to her and you know, mm. setting it up and basically saying, even though we've already seen the reveal, basically telling her we're going to be working together a lot more closely, you know, yeah, yeah. and well done and all of this. And who is this person that they're talking to? At first, I it, honestly, it didn't even cross my mind. I'm thinking, oh, we got a new baddie. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's got robot legs. Yes. Good eye, brother. <laughs> I was going to talk about that. So I didn't even notice the robot legs at first because I thought, Honestly, in retrospect, I think I was just thinking, oh, cool boots. You know what I mean? Right, then, right, right. No, I thought robot legs and a, and a cowl. I was thinking, what the f who's this bad bastard? Yeah, because it could have been anyone. It really yeah, could yeah, have been yeah. anyone. But we find out that the leader of Crimson Dawn is none other than Maul. And I say mm. Maul specifically because he's no longer Sith, which means he can't be Darth Maul anymore. Right, right. Nice. Blew my mind, man. Yeah, and yeah. I was really happy to see that again. Ray Park still playing the physical yeah. Darth Maul, which excites me because that yeah, means yeah. that they're down for more martial arts and, and all of that. Yeah, and man, I yeah. think that's just something I can't wait to see. I cannot remember the name of the person that voices Darth Maul or Maul, but he was the original voice. Peter Serafinowicz. Thank you, sir. And that's why you're here, buddy. But <laughs> fantastic, right? I mean, Yeah, he's I, great. He's a very funny guy, actually. I jumped out of my damn seat. I really did. I like pumped the air like yeah when I saw that because I just mm. I always thought that Darth Maul got like the 
well, in general, he got a really raw deal. You know what I mean? He was only yeah, oh, for yeah. a little bit. He was, he was definitely best the best thing, thing about episode thing. one. Yeah, absolutely. And they just took him out so quickly, which made no yeah, sense yeah. to me whatsoever. And clearly to a lot of people, because that's why he's back. That's yeah, clearly yeah. why he's back. Um, I know that he has been in the Clone Wars, and I've seen like him with the... You know, I, I don't exactly know the whole fate of him, but I know no, that once he neither. fell... I know that once he fell, somehow he was like saved, much like how Anakin was saved and became mm. Vader, but ends up getting these like spider robot legs. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's obviously had an upgrade from that time because now yeah. he's got the two robotic legs. Yeah, yeah. And at first I'm thinking, is this just another, I forget the the species, but I'm thinking, is this just another, you know, member of the species? Yeah, yeah. And it very well could have been. And then I went, ah, the legs. Yeah, so yeah. obviously yeah, it's, yeah. Maul. it's all been confirmed. I absolutely cannot wait for more Maul, man. I'm thinking that if yeah. they use Maul, and of course, they start bringing in all the rogue gallery of bounty hunters into the new sequel. I'm thinking that we're going to have an even stronger Star Wars, excuse me, a stronger solo movie than we had on this one here. I think that they mm. have all these awesome ingredients to just really, really branch off and make up. this amazing movie. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's the ball's in Disney's court, man. You know, it's yeah. like the, we'll see what happens. And with, with the addition of James Mangold involved, I, I don't know how they can really go wrong with this. Mm. Obviously, they've got the money to make an amazing movie. And if they can get back to the whole December thing. Yeah. I really think we're in for a treat on this one. So yeah, I think there so. was nothing, nothing I can fault about that. That was like one of my favorite scenes of the entire movie. It made yeah, that, yeah. that was the one scene that made me literally like, Oh yeah. I'm like, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. probably like a big dork doing it, but it was, no, it was so fucking no, awesome. There's lots of us doing that. Anything you want to add about mall before we move on? Cause we're almost done. Yeah, no, no, that's all good, man. You said it all very nicely. We now know that, you know, Kira's working for Crimson Dawn and that she has stiffed Han, but Han doesn't even know it yet. So he goes yeah. back to Emphis Nest and he's like, you know, he's telling them basically everything's been wrapped up. You are good to go. Here's your coaxium. They give him a little bit because he still has to get a ship. But they also say, hey, you know, you don't have to go. Emphis Nest tells him you don't have to go. You can you can stick around with us. You can make a great addition to the team. And again, this is classic Han. He makes mm. he just did this. He does this like nah thing at him. And then it just looks so much like Harrison Ford. Oh, when he did yeah. it, you know, yeah. <laughs> and it just proves that it, it, it proves true to the character that I'm solo. I'm no pun intended. I'm mm. by myself. You know, I'm, I'm all about me and this is, I need to just take care of me right now. You do you. I don't want to be any part of that. And that's yeah. always been Han Solo. He didn't yeah, really yeah. want to be a part of anything no. in, in the, in new hope. He no. just sort of got wrapped up into it. You know, that's it. I, I just think that they, they closed that whole part off really well. And I, yeah. and that's when I'm like, damn, this is a really good movie. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's clearly gone up to a four at this point. Just so you know, I'm, I'm yeah. away from three. I'm totally at four. Yeah. I know you would. And, yeah, you know, I, I always do this, by the way. I, yeah. I have to I have to talk it out with someone. Great thing about doing this, isn't it? You know, totally. I, listen, I, I listen to so many podcasts where people start off with one particular point of view. They get to the end of it and they're like, actually, you know, you taught me around. You know, I've, yeah. I've, I listen to Doctor Who podcasts, Walking Dead podcasts, and the same phenomena happens. There's something about talking about it with other enthusiasts. Sure. Do you know what I mean? That That can really help enhance your appreciation and enjoyment of something absolutely i mean we're looking you know we start off and we're looking at this as one big case mm. and we slowly unpack it and yeah. it just and you oh i forgot that was in there you know so, <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> so absolutely man i i think that i'm glad this happened because i have more appreciation for this movie now than i did when we first started out and cool. yeah, i'm totally gonna go see it again now my daughter hasn't seen it she's had the flu Right, and she's yeah. really into uh, Donald Glover. So that's just the perfect excuse. Something to go do tomorrow on the holiday. There go you go, check man. it out. 
Yeah. So let's wrap this one up, Johnny. And we're, we're almost done with this, guys. So Han thinks that he's good to go. He's he's left the connection with Emphis Ness. He's like, he's broken, severed ties. You go do you. I'll go do me. I'm going to go back to this yacht and take off with my girlfriend. But that doesn't happen because the yacht takes off without him. And we now know, which we knew before, I should say he now knows, that Kira did him wrong. But I think that's all for the sake of, of, of a sequel. I really look forward to Amelia Clark coming back and being even more evil now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you've seen her go from just a very timid woman, you mm. know, that didn't say much, to this super powerful, depending on your, you know, your opinion on the, the last few seasons of Game of Thrones, which mm. I, I thought she was great. Oh, was but she's, she's different and she's just so much more confident. And, she, mm. and she, when she lays down the law, she's laying it down. So I'm yeah, very yeah. much looking forward to seeing that side of her, you know, doing that for Kira. We'll see what happens. Yeah, Maybe definitely. if she be, ends up becoming like, you know, ominous and being working, working with Maul. Because she clearly knows her way around a weapon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah this is just quiet. the tip of the iceberg with her. Yeah, yeah. So, But Han now realizes that he's on his own and stranded. And now Han and Chewie are actually, they're seeking out Lando. They find Lando. And uh, you're getting more of the same from Lando. He's, he's, he's talking, he's doing his talk, and he's playing his sabbat game. And he's, yeah. you know, he's just being a charming <laughs> son of a bitch that he is, you know. And, yeah. so, <laughs> and they, uh, they roll up on him to his surprise. And, he, you know, he, it's kind of like a reversal of what we see in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, because yeah. he's like, Han, how, my buddy, how you doing? I, you made it. And he's like, yeah, yeah. don't talk to me like that. And he's yelling at him. Yeah, yeah. And he's thinking, oh, shit, he knows, I'm, he knows I did him dirty. Yeah, yeah. But when he puts his hands up, Han notices very quickly that he's mm. got that that cheat card yeah, on yeah, his wrist. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. In this so time. in a, in a in a move of brilliance, Han you know takes the card away from him, and they end up now having the Sabat game where the legendary Sabat game where he does win the Falcon. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know that's what he does. He actually takes away his winning key card and shows him. Yeah, well, you would have had a great hand if you had this card in his hand. Throws down a Sabat hand, and boom, he is now the owner of the Falcon. And that's kind of essentially it that's essentially the end of the movie you know han has now won the falcon him and chewie are now off to just go and do and be the the scoundrels that they are you know yeah yeah but i thought it ended really well because you know you see totally. them you see them finally sit in the cockpit yeah. as a team which another part that really doesn't need mentioning but i'll just mention it real quick mm. uh being that they when when chewie stood up the first time and he started like flipping switches and everything and yeah, he's like yeah. oh he's like you know how to fly yeah he tells him it's like 199 he's like, yeah. great you know <laughs> yeah. and then when they finally sit down in that scene together mm. and he and han sort of smiles at him i'm like yeah oh, yeah boom you yeah. guys just you stuck it you hit the mark right there yeah yeah so we get a replay of that at the end is what i'm getting at yeah and, yeah you know they just they flip those switches and and um, Han says something to the effect of, all right, so this was mentioned before by Tobias, but he's like, so yeah, Tobias said that we're going to go to Tatooine and there's this uh, this certain gangster over there that we're going to we're gonna make a lot of money with him. And I think he says something to the effect of, what could go wrong? Or when have I ever steered you wrong? Yeah, that's they it. look at each yeah. other and boom, that's the end of the movie right there. Yeah. And folks, we have wrapped Solo a Star Wars story. Yeah, I, I've definitely gained a new appreciation from talking about it, like we were just talking about right yeah, now. Yeah. And, um, and I'm really glad we did, man. I think this is yeah, a solid, too. solid addition to the Star Wars universe. And what more can I say? I really think that that it's it's just set up to be a perfect sequel. Maybe not perfect. That's a strong word. But it's it's I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the sequels from now on. So Yeah, yeah let's hope so. I just want to say one last thing about the scene with... Um... Uh, where he wins the Falcon, right? That very last that 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 second game. 
that's when he truly became Han Solo for me. It's like yeah. he, it's like the moment that he gets the Falcon, the moment he he all that stuff happens when he was sitting there grinning at Lando, and he had that confidence. It's like he's arrived. Do you know what I mean? It's like that level like, of arrogance it, just like kicked up. Yeah, like the character in himself had found that level. You know, like almost Han, like it was the missing piece. Yeah, like Han was like, no, this this is it. This is this is the thing for me. This is this is where I'm. This is where I'm. Yeah, I've arrived, kind of thing. Right, almost. Right. And 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 also the performance. You know, that's that's when Alden sort of really. I felt like this is the moment where he's owning it. You know, he's he's truly owning the role now. He is now officially. Han Solo, one hundred percent, and it, it, it all it all sort of coincided with the story reaching that climax, and everything happening. And and for me, as a view, as a viewer and a fan, I just thought, yep, yeah, this is it. He's got it. He's not only won the game, but he's won me. He's won, you know, he's won, he's won the whole shebang. <laughs> Sitting at that table with that grin on his face. If you ask me, man, I think that he's going to win people over. I really think yeah, that right. over time, you've got to be pretty hard hearted, hard hearted, not to really fall for it i think oh know? fully he's so charming yeah he's charming and we don't have a choice we can either choose to watch these movies or not watch these movies <laughs> yeah, but we yeah. now have a new han solo yeah yeah and i'm i'm very happy with him and i think that personally if it was me if i was alden ehrenreich and i was reading the reviews and and, and he's got to right maybe yeah. unless he's just does not want to drive himself crazy he doesn't look at any of that stuff yeah, but it seems to me don't. like it would be really hard to with that big of a comparison yeah 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 Personally, I think that if I could do it without making myself crazy, I would certainly take those little things of, you know, you're going to hear opinions that keep hitting. Mm. That must be true because they keep hitting, or at least they've got yeah, enough yeah. Um, oomph behind them and enough population saying that, that it's something yeah, yeah. that should be taken into consideration. Yeah. So that would be awesome if he does take that into consideration and just builds on the character and ends up, we may end up, well, I'm not going to say we may end up getting a better Han Solo, but we may end up getting an equal yeah, Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. He certainly and, took and a big I'm, step in that direction by the end of the film. Yeah. And and if there's one thing that I've picked up on the last few days, looking at reviews, you know, people may have criticisms of this, that, and the other, but it it seems to be universal praise for him. And quite honestly, when the people that are like doing, like you read a lot of stuff from haters too, or at least I was reading a lot of stuff from haters. Mm -hmm. And to me, they don't really have a huge argument. It's just, no. oh, he sucked and this shouldn't have happened. Well, why? Yeah. Crickets. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. you got to take the trolls with a grain of salt. Oh, absolutely. They're going to happen whatever you do. Yeah, I'm fully on board with this movie, and uh, I'm fully on board with this podcast, dude. Thank you so much for doing hey, this with me, man. It was, it's been it a was lot a, of fun. It was an, a lovely, unexpected surprise. Yeah, man, thank you. <laughs> you know, and we should do this more often, man. Just, uh, you know, we I, obviously this is a good time for us to throw a chat. So yeah, 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 definitely. We will definitely do that. I guess I could have told you this off mic, but I, I'm enjoying the whole face-to-face -face thing for once. It's actually very cool. I'm yeah, sorry yeah. you have to see this mug, but I'm very <laughs> well, happy. I yeah. I guess, at least I get to see that mug, brother. <laughs> so No, it's cool, man. Any last thoughts before we end this one? Um, I'm very much looking forward to seeing it again tomorrow, not only for the big bit that I missed, <laughs> but yeah, I'm really looking forward to, you know, going again with my dad and my son in the full confidence that they're going to enjoy themselves. You know, they're not going to be disappointed. I went in not really thinking, and I've got this from a lot of people that I've spoken to. A lot of people have gone into this film in, in a neutral gear. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, there's a lot of that. You know, people were not thinking negatively or positively. They've just gone in and let it happen. 
And for me, yeah, it, it, it totally worked. It's a definite four out of five. And the more right. we've talked about it, the, the I'm, I'm already feeling a fondness for it. Good. You know? You that's know, what it's all about, it's man. Of, that's why my, they make these movies. It's in my heart a little bit, you know? So that's that's got to be good. That's good to hear, man. From one Star Wars fan to another, that's that's what it's all about. You yeah, know? It absolutely. really is. Yeah. And it allows us to feel somewhat younger again, to be, go back to a place that's familiar while learning new things about this familiarity. Yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So, um, Any predictions for the upcoming movies? Anything, any, any hopes, wants, anything like that? Um... I was very excited to hear about the uh, James Mangold taking hold of the Boba Fett movie. That's that's probably the the most exciting thing on the horizon. I'm not entirely sure about an Obi Wan Kenobi movie, but they they're really going to need to uh, convince me on that one. And I'm, not I'm really, with you. I'm not really sure why I feel like that. I think maybe it's to do with um, the prequels again. Yeah, um, it's just you don't you you feel it, it made us feel a little bit dirty. Maybe we don't want to feel dirty again. You know, yeah. I know it sounds silly, but I, I know what you're getting at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the good thing about that is, is that you know he, Ewan McGregor was truly the strongest character actor, even out of no, that whole. No, you don't think so? No, I, I, don't I, think so. I, I totally think so. Who, who would you say? Oh, you just didn't like him at all. I really mean, didn't. Just... I thought he was terrible in them. Really, I really did. Yeah, I really did. It didn't no, help. Enough. It didn't help that I saw uh, an interview with him where he was doing you know, for the the promotion of Phantom Menace as it before it came out or around the time that it came out. I saw an interview with him and he was asked, um, you know, questions along the lines of, wow, you're in a Star Wars film. That must be incredible. And he basically just bitched and moaned about having to uh, work with green screen. Mm. He said, oh, well, I'm used to, I'm used to, you know, working with other actors and stuff. And, and suddenly I've got to pre- pretend that there's something there that isn't. And I'm like, man, all he's he's been he's Obi Wan Kenobi and he's moaning about it. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I can't really argue that. You're man. an actor. Pretending is what you do for a living. Right. Do you know what I mean? And now he's doing fucking Christopher Robin. Now he's talking to a fake Winnie the Pooh. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah, like no. Well, if you're in a play on stage, do you know what I mean? You've got to pretend that there's things there that aren't there. This is what acting is. <laughs> and I just, oh man, I just, it just wound me up. But I thought he's, I thought everybody was terrible in the prequels, to be honest. I mean, the dialogue didn't help, clearly the direction and everything, but. That's, it was the script, man. It really was. They looked like, they all looked and sounded like they didn't want to be there. You know, they really, it just, even the real bits of those films weren't real, you know? Yeah, way too much CGI, way too it did feel it felt very sterile. Yeah. You know utterly, what I mean? Yeah, very sterile. Any of the fun. You know, that's the emotion when, weren't there, you know. Yeah. We, we 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 substituted emotion for emo. And I know it's a little bit different, but I mean you had the worst it's Anakin just, Skywalker that could oh possibly ever God. be. It was just bad. But I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this. I I I don't know if it's a, a disagreement with you, but I have the opinion that he could actually pull it off. I do think right. that he was the strongest out of any of them. He was the strongest. It's not saying right, a lot. Right. It's just right. saying that that's how I feel. And I'll play devil, devil's advocate here. You know, it has been close to 20 years. Yeah. So people grow up. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. And he has, you know, campaigned for it over the years. That yeah. He would do something like that. So, you know, 
maybe yeah. with time and, and reflection, maybe he yeah. can end up doing a really good. He's not a bad actor. No, I really hope so. I, I'd love, I'd love nothing more than it to be a brilliant movie. Yeah, but I just, I, I, I definitely don't feel any excitement at the prospect at this stage. I'm, I'd, I'd be happy to be surprised. Yeah, it's not something that I that I'm wanting. If it happens, it happens. But it's not something that I'm like I, I need this to happen. To, yeah, yeah. You know, feel complete about no, it. Totally. I, would, I, I there's so much, I would rather see new stories, new characters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am thrilled about the Boba Fett thing because of the Rogues Gallery. So we'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. but um, yeah. all right. Well, one thing that I have uh, I felt guilty about since the Avengers show that I forgot to do, man, is uh, let these good people know where they can get more Johnny Bucks. So do you want to just go ahead and? Uh, be a whore, my friend. Tell tell the people in the world how to find Johnny Bucks. Um, well, hopefully soon you'll find both me and the big MC on our own show. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, yeah. We've been inspired and encouraged by you guys. So uh, Mick's all set up now equipment-wise. I've just uh, set everything up on Libsyn. Got yourself an RSS feed now, do you? Yeah, just it's, it's all linked up. So... Um, We've just got to record a show, which we're planning on doing this week. Awesome. Um, which I'll get edited and hopefully out of the weekend. That's fantastic, man. You hear that, guys? Good news coming from the the Bucks. And <laughs> yeah. Is it Conroy? I, always, I got yeah, used to call yeah, them. Conroy, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bucks-Conroy team, man. There's going to be some good things coming out. And, yeah. hey, because you mentioned that... Um, if that's how you feel, fantastic. I'm glad that we could help out with that. You know what I mean? I'm glad we... Oh, we, man, uh, you so did. You so did. We wouldn't be doing it without you guys. And if there's any... If you ever need any help with that, you know where to find me. Man, If you ever worry. need a guest, you know where to find me. <laughs> oh, a, yeah. a podcast yeah. whore, so... Yeah, man, you'll be you'll be first on the list, man. Don't you worry about that. Right on. Well, how about the band? Anything going on with the band these the days? The band, yeah. Well, um, w- the Groove Zoo... We're really busy. That's um, groovesuband.com. Um, if you're in the UK or anywhere else, we're off to Italy later in the year for a wedding. So we're, if you if you pay the bucks, we'll be there. Um, but yeah, no pun intended. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're we're real busy. We're playing. If you're in the UK, um, we're doing some public appearances. Um, we're playing at the Margate Soul Weekender on the 5th of August and we're doing the Faversham Hop Festival on the, I think it's the 1st and 2nd of September, um, the first weekend in September anyway. Um, so that's all good. We've been asked back by Emma Thompson to play another one of her parties. So we're Johnny, doing... no one likes a show off. No one likes a show off, buddy. <laughs> we thought maybe we'd... you get to see Haley Atwell again. Oh, uh, fingers crossed, man. Fingers crossed. Um, Keep so... out the creeper camera. Send me pictures. Yeah, man. Don't... I'll probably do a whole podcast about that particular gig. I'm um, looking forward to hearing that, actually. Um, so yeah, so with that's GrooveZooBand.com. We've also we've been busy uh, putting together some new promo videos and demos, so they'll be up hopefully in the next uh, month or so. So that was fun doing a whole day shooting, um, mime into the demos that we'd made and pissing about. It was good. I saw um, a couple still photos of that, by the way. Yeah, that looked like is that your actual stage setup, or is that something that you guys like rented for the video? Or that's a yeah, that's a shot at the in uh, uh, the concert hall at the university that we all were at or worked at. Oh, okay, um, all right. But yeah, we've got a pretty sick light show ourselves um so yeah that's all good um 
Majestic 12, my, my acoustic band. Unfortunately, shout out to Matt, our singer. He's been very ill. He's had to have an operation and stuff. So, um, oh man, yeah. So we've we had to drop a, a gig or two at the weekend for that. Um, but yeah, he's on the men now. So good to hear. Yeah, we'll see, Matt. Um, we'll be getting Matt on the podcast as well. All being well, Matt. You don't know that yet, but I've just told you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we'll be back out gigging. I think in a couple of weeks. So that's Majestic Twelve Band. Uh, on Facebook or majestic12.uk for the for a spanky new website. So yeah, that's really where you can catch me. Um, but like I say, uh, keep keep your uh, eyes and ears peeled peeled for the Foom podcast. That's F W O M exclamation mark podcast. I was just about to ask you the name Foom, huh? Yeah. May yeah. I go into what that is? Uh, yeah, feel free. What have you got? Uh, well, oh no, I, I don't have a. Yeah, oh, you've, so not, I was just you've not heard of Foom. Um, no. Well, Mick and I were chatting a couple of years ago about you know what got us into comic books and 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 all this kind of stuff, and we both used to buy Marvel UK reprints of um, of uh, American you know Marvel comics. They used to do these sort of anthology ones over here, so you'd have the Hulk, Daredevil, the Defenders, all these different ones all in one magazine. Oh, nice. And the letters page was called Foom. Aha, there right. we go. It was also a, a magazine started up by Jim Starlin, I think. It was a Marvel magazine that ran for, I think, between 1973 and 78, something like that, which I think is where Marvel UK had got the kind of logo and stuff from. Um, and we both said, oh, do you remember Foom? And we were like, oh, yeah, yeah. So... It, we wanted to come up with a name that connected us back to the sort of origins of our fandom, something that we nice. both kind of remember from our lives, but separate from one another, but something that we had in common. Sure. Do you know what I mean? One that we found yeah. out later on. Oh, oh yeah, I remember that too. So it, and it's kind of, we, our podcast is going to be quite free form. I think we're going to be chatting about all kinds of stuff, really what we've been up to, what we've been thinking about watching and then we'll probably go into a more in-depth like review section. So I think we're going to do a solo thing as well, probably. Well, if it's any if it's anything like what you sent us as a little like just a sample of what you guys <laughs> yeah. are capable of, I am very very much looking forward to this because sure. you guys are super entertaining. Um, <laughs> I was laughing the entire time I heard it, and you know I know you guys hear Mick on here a lot. I'd like to get Mick on Heroes a little bit more, but I, yeah, I know yeah. it's just it's just the way the the schedule works out. Yeah. And that's, which is why we like to have him drop his little, you know, drops in there like that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Mick is a highly entertaining person oh, that I'm looking very much forward to hearing some of these stories. Oh, have, man, so. that's definitely going to be a feature of the show. Yeah. Some of uh, his crazy anecdotes from around the world. That's so cool, man. <laughs> I, I'm yeah. absolutely like I'm, I'm excited for you guys. I'm really looking forward to hearing this here. And you know that you're going to get full promotion from us, man. Because oh, you mate, guys are appreciate a part of, it. You're a part of the team. Yeah, well, and likewise, do you know what I mean? If 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 we start getting some listeners, then it'll be working the other way too, man. You got your American representatives right here, man. There you go, man. <laughs> for sure. So, well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to this. It turned into a delightful conversation with my buddy Johnny Bucks when I really thought I was going to do a twenty-minute solo thing, and in other words, by myself. So, John, thanks again for for jumping on, man. Hey, Dan, and thanks, the, thanks the for last asking, minute man. Like that. Thanks for asking. It's always a joy. 
If you guys want to get a hold of the Heroes of Noise, you can reach us at heroesofnoisepodcast at gmail.com. You can reach us on Twitter at, at Heroes of Noise. You can reach myself, Dan, at Dan Q Public, and my buddy Steve at SE underscore Hudson Music. You can reach us on Instagram, Heroes of Noise Podcast, Facebook, Heroes of Noise Podcast, and you can get all of this, like I say, every week at www.heroesofnoise.com. I don't know who goes there, but apparently a lot of you do as I check it out there. So thank you for visiting the site. That's it for us. I want to thank Johnny Bucks for joining in and talking some Star Wars with me. This is the part where I say peace, but today I say something else, and that's may the Force be with you. You didn't see that coming, did you? Bullshit, you did. Bye. Bye.